The Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language and listener discretion is advised. As human beings, we have a natural curiosity that when nurtured can expand the possibilities of what life and the world can be. We believe art should be a bridge. It should challenge our concepts of life and all things therein. It should not be a way to stratify, divide, and belittle. We deal with that enough in so many other facets of life. Now, that is not to say that art hasn't been used to do precisely that. It has. But that's why this podcast exists. To create spaces where we can all learn and speak about the high and lowbrow art shit in a way that's palatable, relatable, and void of all the extra bullshit. We want to use this as a place where we can all learn together. Those who know nothing about art, but want to know, ask what you want or listen and don't interact. That's cool too. Yes, please steal this knowledge. And for those of you who know, but are busy trying to figure out how to attract a layperson to view and or interact with your artwork, come learn how to speak to people in a way that teaches, but never condescends. We will take the time to explain as best we can anything that people want to know about this world from buying and collecting art to just looking at and trying to read the work from creating to selling and exhibiting artworks. In long form interview format, we'll spend our time talking to and about women artists and artists of color and consequently women artists of color. If you needed that clarification, why? You know why? Even if you know nothing about the art world, you're likely aware that a lot of industries in the United States are dominated by white men. Through Arts Explanatory Comma, we'll explore and highlight the works of artists we culturally connect with. We will not exclude, but we will educate and engage. This will be a safe space for all dumb art questions. The discussion will range from process to motivations, struggles, wins, losses, quitting, how to monetize, why collect, how to collect, and much, much more. We are your hosts, Mark Francis and Raquel Simone. Welcome and enjoy. All right, there we go. 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 Cool. Uh, anyway. Yay. Yeah, basically. Um, so, yeah. You're our first victim, and we appreciate that shit. I'm the first. I'm the first yeah, one. Okay. You're the first one. <laughs> so, when I reached out and said we're in pre-production, this yeah, is day one of production. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. I read. I seen that uh, pre-production. I'm like, okay. I was like, we're so planning. Yeah. So we appreciate it. So uh, I'm gonna jump right into our little <laughs> intro. So the role of a gallerist or gallery director is to find the newest, dopest, most relevant and or most forward-thinking work one could hope to encounter. They do this in order to cut out some of the work and hassles of the collectors, or whether that's whether they're actual or would-be collectors. Mm-hmm. It's a way of sifting through endless streams of seemingly infinite work uh, what, that one could encounter. Mm-hmm. These are your artistic tastemakers, if you will. They're the people who make your journey from art appreciator to art collector, smooth and seamless. But how? Well, today, we're speaking with someone who will be answering these questions and more. She is the co-founder and director of District Art Gallery in the trendy and beautiful East Downtown Houston. You know. 
<laughs> and an artist herself, Miss Mariah Stanberry. What's Welcome. up? How are you? <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for the tequila. Oh, yeah. We might as well just My take God. I mean, yeah. it's a shot, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? You know? Let's, <laughs> let's go to Mexico with it, if you will, with me. Arriba. Arriba. Abajo. Abajo. Acentro. Acentro. Adentro. Adentro. I couldn't say the last one. Yeah. <laughs> what was that last one? Up, down, all around? Up, down, inside. Inside. Oh. Inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Adentro? Inside. Adentro. Ah. Yeah. Something new. yeah, it's yeah. You speak Spanish fluently? I am not fluent. I'm conversational. Okay, that's, but the that's accent, good enough. Nah, it's not. It's not? Because the accent makes people think I'm fluent. Oh, so then yeah. when I talk to people, they just start, oh they my start God. rambling. They start running, and I'd be like, shit. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> but when I, like, I, so I studied in Cuernavaca, Mexico. And when I came back, I was pretty close to fluent. Yeah. After two months, it was actually amazing. And then within two months of being back, nah. You're done? Just conversation. I like to think that, you know, after I have a few drinks, I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> I just, I'm telling I you. pick up second languages when I'm drunk. I, yeah. I, I honestly think that's the truth, you know? You learn better. You yeah. Can, you can go closer I think to so. your childhood I, state. I, I think so. I, you're, when you're carefree. I think that's what it yeah. is, yeah. But sometimes you get a little overboard and obnoxious. I know yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And I roll my R's like there are 15 R's in a word. Yeah. That's how I was in, uh, in Cuba. <laughs> I, I was drinking Cuban rum like it was water, and I, you couldn't tell me I wasn't bilingual. <laughs> you were, rum. you were bilingual. <laughs> yes. I still have to thank you for that, Raquel. That Cuban rum. You're most okay. welcome. Yeah. So, where do we start? Um, I would say from. Where does she start? Yeah. Where did you? Where did you start? Because I know from U of H. Yeah. You went to a PR intern. Yeah to a oh, red zone specialist. You looked at my LinkedIn account. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Uh, to funny. resource development manager, yeah. to art teacher, yeah. to gallery director. Yeah. So it was always like, um, it, always, it didn't matter what path I took. It just always led me back to being creative. So even when I was, well, being, working at Apple, you just have to be a creative person anyway. Yeah. Everyone that works there is Absolutely. like creative. Mm -hmm. Like everyone core, that works yeah. there is. I'm not calling myself super smart, but <laughs> everyone that works there is like, you learn so much from everyone. It was like one of my best jobs. And I was, what, 21, 20? And it, it's probably the most, the job that taught me the most. And it, it, I just, it's no words for that, that position. But going from that, then I went to New York for a little while. And um, I can hear myself better. <laughs> I went to New York for a little while and I interned for Stella McCartney. Oh. Um, yeah, ran their PR department, mm -hmm. and um, so I went to school for PR. So I got there and I'm in the PR department, and I'm, I'm trying to write. And I'm, I'm thinking at this point, I'm a really good writer. Like, <laughs> I think I'm a good writer, <laughs> you know. But mm -hmm. it's something that my, my professor always told me I was too flowerly in my writing, and I knew that I used too many adjectives. But in PR, you have to be very factual, like extremely factual. Yeah. And I just, I wanted to add, like, I wanted to call things beautiful. I didn't want to just say what it was. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, Mariah, okay, stop writing. And go over there, and they, they start putting me on, like, Photoshop and stuff. Mm -hmm. I started doing all the creative stuff. But at the same time, I was working for a guy named Philip Block. You, got, you ever heard of him? I've heard the name. So, I've heard the name. So he, he styled, um, he was a, a really big stylist in the 90s. He styled mm -hmm. Halle Berry. For when she wore her, when she won the first her first Oscar, okay. Okay. Um, he styled Beyonce for that Pepsi commercial. He did uh, Michael Jackson's very last photo shoot. 
he styled everyone. Like, yeah. He was an A-list stylist. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I worked for him. He was fucking, I'm fucking insane. You're I, good, I forgot. You're good. You're good. Um, you're he's, good. like, insane. But with him, I was supposed to be doing PR, too. But then he started, he started making me do the creative stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't supposed to be, like, helping him style. I ended up helping him style my, um, what's her name? Mary J. Blige, how could I forget that? Nice. I ended up <clears throat> helping him do that, and I also put a lot of proposals together, which caused me to have to use like Photoshop, Illustrator, all these yeah. programs. So I'm like, well, shit, like everyone keeps throwing me from <laughs> being a writer to being a creative, you know, so maybe that's just what I am. Came back to Houston and uh, just started painting like a lot. Kind of just found like the creative part of myself. Started working for um, Modus. Like you said, when I was the research development manager, okay. I was supposed to be re I was supposed to be a recruiter for like IT people. Yeah. And I ended up recruiting graphic designers, and that's not even what the company did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't even do that. So I'm, you know, I always like found myself being in these spaces that weren't meant for someone who's like really creative, and then putting myself in a creative. Um, manner yeah. I feel like I'm rambling no no you're good you're good and so then um, I read this book and uh, it's called mastery by Robert Greene y'all might know Robert Greene by like 48 laws of power yeah. yeah yeah but for some reason people focus in on 48 laws of power which I've never read and not on his other books so I've read um, you guys should definitely read these the art of seduction by Robert Greene and also mastery but mastery, like I tell everybody, is I'm gonna say something. Oh, like mastery changed my whole like outlook on everything. Okay. Because he, in that book, he referenced artists. So he would he he took you through like the journey of each artist, and basically what I what I learned from it was find an apprenticeship because it's gonna pay you and you're gonna learn what you need to know. Mm -hmm. So I had I got fired from Modus actually. <laughs> <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> But after I got fired, I had this whole, it was like summertime. So I'm like, I had this whole summer, like what am I gonna do? That's when I read the book and I'm like, okay, well, the only, the only thing I could think of that's gonna help me become a better artist while I'm also learning is being a teacher. Yeah. So, cause you know, you learn, you know? Yeah. You get, you get better at the subject when you teach it. Yeah, So for sure. Yeah, like facts. Well, there's, <laughs> there's magic to it, right? Because when you find yourself having to be the expert in the room, mm -hmm. you trust yourself more. Yeah. And you start realizing as you're demonstrating things to students, you start realizing like, oh shit, I didn't know I could do that shit. Yeah, and what? And <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't even draw like that ass. I couldn't draw. Like I, I was like, damn, they got me teaching drawing and painting. Like, yeah. but I can't draw. <laughs> like I'm an abstract artist. Like I'm like, fuck, I can't draw. What am I gonna do? Because I know these kids gonna ask me how to, mm -hmm. you know. And I know I gotta follow certain curriculums, and I have to teach them how to draw. So I had to learn how to draw. Like I had to learn. I mean, now I have naturally a creative person, so I'm, it probably wasn't like super hard, but yeah. it was still like I I I was I went home and practiced every night. Like I'm like I can't I can't teach them. How I'm gonna teach them? I don't know how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, so I went through that process, and am I talking about how I got here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I went through that process. And I, I put a two lim a two year limit on that. And I knew I didn't want to do it more than two yeah. years. Put a two year limit on it. And I ended up um, meeting some people who were interested in just opening like a new venture, opening a new business. Yeah. I wrote a proposal, wrote up a business plan, everything, and I'm like, hey, let's let's do this. <laughs> they went for it for some reason. 
trust you. <laughs> <laughs> they went you gotta for trust it. your dopeness. Hey, you, you gotta trust your dopeness, man. They just, look, they trust. I was just, <laughs> I was bullshitting. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they look like they can ready to spend a few dollars. I'm just gonna present this. But you know, even when they weren't serious about a lot of things, I'm like, I kept pushing. Like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna go look for a place. I'm gonna go. I'm, and I, I guess I pushed so much that. They were just like, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. And so I have silent, like I have silent partner. Okay. That's dope. That's he's, dope. he's silent, but he's like kind of nice. He helps me with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> he's very involved. <laughs> so, so what was it that, what was the catalyst that made you decide that this district arts was what you wanted to do? Oh, this is like, this is my dream. Like having oh, an art okay. gallery, like being a gallerist, like that's what I yeah. wanted to do. Like I wanted, my, my whole like goal in life is to be like a creative director and to be a gallerist. And when, you're, when you are a, a gallerist or you're a curator or however you wanna call it, you have to be a creative director. Yeah. Like you yeah. have to, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's all encompassed into like one thing. And mm -hmm. I just didn't see myself getting here until I was like 40 years old. You know, I thought that I would be like, well, I'm 20, 26, but I'm thinking like in my head, my, my timeline, how I had it set up was, okay, by 40 years old, but yeah. that, this shit came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, it came out of nowhere. And, well, see, not to interrupt, I apologize for that, but we gotta wrap a little bit more because that's, that's me. Yeah. Like, gallery, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, we'll I need talk some about help. that later. We'll talk, <laughs> about, we'll, oh, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Um, so, what is District Arts? What, what, is the, what is the mission? Why does it exist? What's going on? What are you doing? So, okay, so, First of all, very obvious that I'm black. Absolutely. So you, you see like a, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of art around. We just, we talk about imagery, and this is one thing I learned in PR also, but just through life also, you know, TV and just being living. Yeah. Like imagery is important. It's, it's so important. And it's not enough imagery of black people presented the right way. And I think that our generation, I think we're doing a really good job at changing those things, like as far as television goes. Like we have new shows that mm -hmm. represent us in a positive light, or just represent us in just normalcy, mm -hmm. like insecure. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just the most, like that's, yeah. like that's our lives, yeah. you know? Like we live those lives, and I think it's important to give to the world, you know, who we actually are, opposed yeah. to how we are always represented. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's important. It's important, and when you take on a role like this, like then it becomes important to show that to everyone like hey this is this is who we are yeah like we we aren't we aren't this we're not pointing guns at each other all the time yeah. like we're creative people we're beautiful people yeah. and you have to, when you show that in paintings and you show that on television it just it slowly even if we don't realize it's doing it now it slowly yeah. changes the the perception of who we are you know where we control our own narrative. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I also think there's a little bit more to it, though, um, in what you said, more than normalcy, right? Because I think it's dynamism. Okay. So just to, I, I, I can't do this without speaking about my work, but uh, so in my work, I use uh, monochromatic mm -hmm. scale mm -hmm. for, the, for black people. <clears throat> and that's because in art theory, white absence of everything mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. black presence of everything mm -hmm. so when you put all of that together you have everything and you have nothing all at the same time right that's who we are as black people so 
while there are some that are pointing guns at one another, mm -hmm. that's not all that we that's are. That's not all that we are. Right? Like, yeah. we are everything. Yeah. We're the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Yeah, we're, the, yeah. we're the least and we're the most yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, I like how you use the, the, the idea of like the monochromatic scale to, to introduce that because when you have a monochromatic, it's like it's, the, it's that one color, yeah. but it's the all shades of that color. Yeah. So it's like, that, I, liked, I liked how you, I'm gonna steal that. But <laughs> I, I did that differently. So I used, I used that when, when I was teaching art, I did it differently though. I'm like, so how you say, you know, black is the yeah. presence of everything. I would tell my, I would just like kind of tell my kids and and hope that they picked up on this. I would be like, oh, don't put too much, like if you put too much black, if you put too much black, it's gonna take over because black always take over. <laughs> I, would just, I would just throw that in there and I thought if I said it enough, they'll realize that we always take over, like that's how much power we have. Yeah. You know, like, so I would be like, oh, you know, just hold on, hold on, hold on, don't put too much. Cause yeah. you gotta tell them not to put too much because it'll, it'll really take over. But the idea that if you, if you put this much of black, like when you're painting, yeah, like it, for, it takes over. Like, yeah, do you ever paint? I do. So I'm not do you, that great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy you, it. But you know how black can totally like, yeah, yeah. the whole, you know, yeah. And I, but I think that just that, that that's very relative to like life, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah. But that's how I think that's why we're just. I think that's why we're treated as we are, like in a lot, because it's a fear that you put a little bit of us. Yeah. They're gonna take over, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people recognize power even if they don't want to. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it just yeah. is what it is. Like, you can feel it, you can sense it. So, what's your vision for District Arts? So, for District Art Gallery, um, what I really wanna do is what, what I'm doing is I'm bridging arts with business. Okay. So, a lot of artists, I, I'm just, I grew up with business. My dad's a businessman, so I'm kinda like blessed to have that brain set of like, I understand business, but I also understand art. Well, yeah. a lot of artists do not. No, not at all. 100%. <laughs> they don't understand it. And even if they try to like put on their own shows, it's like a shit show. Like a lot of times because it's a, a lot of artists have like this, this creativity that's out of this world, but they can't organize their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that a lot. And it, you, that's you? <laughs> oh it's, my hard. God. it's hard. It's hard. Because yeah. it's hard when you're trying to balance like both of those brains. And I noticed that, so I'm like, okay, well, shit. A lot of all of my friends are artists, so I'm like, I'm gonna do this for my friends. I'm cool, like, you know, my and they have a, they have a hard time. They have a hard time just with their professional sense of it, mm -hmm. and I see that, and so I'm like, well, I know, I I bet I could put on a show. So anyway, so my goal is basically to to bridge like a lot. Of, well, it started off. My goal started off as this definitely has changed and grown. But it started off as wanting to take artists who really didn't know how to sell their art yeah. or how to show their art, and then bringing them. Oh, I thought someone was there. And then bringing them into a um, into a space to where like I'm gonna show your art the right way, and I'm yeah. gonna I'll sell your art. Yeah. But now it's just now it's changing. Now it's just more so bringing all like the entire world or the entire Houston or whatever you want to say yeah. into like an artistic community. Yeah. Because in Houston, you know, Houston got a, is, there's an art world in Houston, for sure, like we were talking about. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that I found a fun fact. There's more art galleries and museums in Houston mm -hmm. than there is in New York. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. that blew my yeah. mind. I would yeah. never have yeah. thought that. Yeah, and just like it blows your mind, like it blows, it, it'll blow everyone's mm -hmm. mind. So it's like introducing people to their world, like, yeah. you know, in, in, like, in a cool, chic way, because a lot of the art community in Houston is very, like, the fashion world, like, very snooty. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that's just that's just art the world over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, that's a nice that's segue. A segue. That's why the Explanatory Comma Podcast exists, okay. right? To bridge that gap and to kind of be a wedge for those that aren't part of the art community or the art world, uh-huh. right? So for me, as an artist, I realize how to navigate certain things, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and what's happening, what's going on. But for the layperson, the person who's not an artist. That would be me. Right? <laughs> Who wants to know more, right? Like, yeah. it's where do I start? Mm-hmm. If I want to collect art, how the hell do I collect art? Yeah. Why should I collect art? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the difference between a print and an original? Yeah. You know? So yeah. these are yeah, these are these are questions that people ask and other people look down their nose at them like. Yeah, you're supposed to know these things. Yeah, it's very much so like the fashion world, and it's yeah. it's, it's parallel, man. It's parallel, like it's because you ha- it's the same people. Yeah, yeah. They're absolutely, the same, it's, absolutely. It's the same people, you know. Yeah. The same people that can buy a forty thousand dollar piece of art. That's the same people that's buying an Hermes bag. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's it's the same. Maybe two of them. Maybe two. You know, it depends on which one you get. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's 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 the same world, and I I, I just want I want to bring I want to be around those people too. Now, don't get me wrong. Like yeah. I started off in the fashion industry, yeah. you know. So I enjoy that too. But I enjoy I enjoy all all things yeah. art. Like I I enjoy all of From it. Top to bottom. So yeah. it's like why can't we be in the same room? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can definitely talk to one another. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. So, I lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're good. So, like I was saying, this is the Explanatory Combo Podcast. And our mission, as I said before, is bridging the gap between the art world and those who are interested in becoming part of the art world mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another. So, what would you say to the passive art observer or appreciator? Uh, about the value of investing more money in the interest. Uh, now that that investment may be more time, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more money, or some other form of support of the art industry. What would you say to that person? Well, you can look at when 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 I think about art and then I think about investment. It, I guess it depends on what you want it. What do you want out of it? Yeah. You know, because you you got you have people that are interested in. Um, I'll use Apple again. Interested in Apple products, but not interested in Apple stock. Yeah. You know, and it's it depends. It depends what you want out of it. So you can look at like art as a monetary investment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very much so like um, finding an athlete when he's young, or finding a rapper when he's like not coming up, or you know, just finding like just an, an inventor when he. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same concept yeah, yeah. of being able to spot out an artist while he's younger, or he or she is younger, and saying, okay, if I buy this piece at $4,000, in the next few years, it'll be worth $20,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can look at it as a monetary investment, just like with, um, yeah, Carrie James, was it Carrie James Marshall? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah Carrie James Marshall, bro, like, bro is selling pieces, not, like, you could have bought it, I could have bought one of his pieces last year, maybe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't today. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, his yeah. last piece sold, well, his, his last piece publicly sold for $22 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. Oof. Well, an explanatory comma for the listeners. It sold for that much. However, because it sold from the party that originally bought it from him, he sees nothing he sees from nothing that. From Unfortunately, really? yeah. there's no royalty system for, for visual art? artists. Yeah. 
That's yeah, good. there's no royalty system yeah, whatsoever. Seen, so so whoever bought it from yeah. him came up. But yeah. the, so the benefit, though, the benefit, though, is, value. as Mariah said, is that it places higher value on the work that he's creating now. Mm-hmm. Right? So that piece that was originally sold in 97 for, I think, 25000 mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, I could completely be lying. But, <laughs> but that piece today is worth millions. So the price of a so brick went the, up. So the value for, basically. Okay. Basically. Yeah. The price of a brick went up. It, it went so <laughs> if you want to see Kerry James up. Marshall in your house, it's going to cost you. You got to break. You got to break Somewhere in the millions. Yeah. yeah like, like, so how would I, if I wanted to start buying art, how would I know, like, what, what price point I should? So you want to, like, you want to talk to people, like, what price point to start at? Should I engage the artist or should I go to an art collector or an art either, gallery? Either art. I mean, art, like, it's so, it's, it's, such, a, um, it's such a digital world now mm-hmm. that you can do your own research or you can come talk to someone like me. Okay. You know, um, it depends on the price point. Like, nothing in here is above $7,000. Okay. So, I have a few artists in here. I'm not going to say any names right now because I don't want to ex- exclude anyone. Yeah. But I have a few artists that I know for a fact, I know it's, fact, it's factual, that their work will be worth quite a bit in some years. Like, it's factual. And so the idea is, the idea is to get a hold of those artists and, and try, like, you want to just go to art shows and look around and say, yeah. like, d- discover, like, what eye you have for art mm-hmm. and say, okay, I can afford this right now, but in the near future, it might be worth, I might buy it for a grand, but in the near future, it might be worth, 10 grand mm-hmm. yeah like and, and that's and that's 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 what you have to do yeah you know and it's, it's just like what well, with artists like i started off and, and this is this is another thing that you know that this is my purpose with the gallery is teaching artists like how to price their art because i started off trash selling my art for like selling a 24 by 24 for 250 and did not mm-hmm. know what i was doing at all and i was like hella young like i was like 21 yeah. And so, like, okay, you can imagine at this point, now I'm def- my work is a lot more expensive, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have a certain name in the art community and you know my work to be $3,000, then now whoever has my old pieces, not, the value of that work just went up. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't have to say, well, I only paid two fifty for it. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't say that. You yeah. say, you say yeah. I have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, the way work appreciates also, uh, some artists, their early work is worth more yeah some artists their later work is worth more but yeah. most of the time earlier pieces so somebody who bought you know mariah's piece for 250 you know that piece mm-hmm. you know in 10 years that might be fifty thousand dollars when yeah, everything let's pray. you know if, <laughs> it, you know i'm pulling numbers out the sky hopefully that was a good number that, you know I'm, with that. <laughs> I'm with that number <laughs> but like you know i think about uh hebrew brandy um artist out of chicago who does uh, amazing paintings that kind of fuse uh, black culture with graffiti culture, um, also with a little bit of pop culture flair, mm-hmm. I'd say, just based on like the coloration and things that, that he uses. Um, but, you know, Jay-Z bought one of his pieces for $20,000 and he hasn't looked back since exactly. at Art Basel, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and yeah, you know, Art Basel be changing people's yeah, lives. <laughs> yeah, all you need yeah. is one. All yeah. you need is one person. I'm trying to get person. to Art Basel. 
Ain't everybody. You know what I'm <laughs> everybody here right now is trying, trying to get, get to the art basket <laughs> one way or another. You know, yeah. she's trying to get there two ways. You know what I'm right. <laughs> So she can get the commission too. Right, Hello. right. Uh, <laughs> um, but so I want to go back to, uh, well, not really back to, but uh, so when you're curating a new exhibition, uh, what considerations do you take in selecting the artists that are going to be in that yeah. exhibition? So I, I kind of have my own process. Like, so I develop a theme, and this is where the creative Actually, direction. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you right there. Can you define curation for us, for our listeners oh, that yeah. don't know what that, that is? Okay, yeah. So curating is, is basically develop, developing the theme of the show. Or the, okay, no, that's that, perfect. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we want to keep it. It makes sense to me. Okay. Keep, and I'm the layperson. Because okay. absolutely, in academic terms, in, mm -hmm. in industry terms, you can go a lot deeper, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you can go crazy deep. Mm -hmm. But we want to keep it simple for those that are listening, right? Yeah. And also... For those that are listening that know what curating is, we don't want to hit them over the head with stuff they already know because then yeah, you're sitting yeah. in the back of the class like, come on, man, hurry up. Yeah, teacher. exactly. You know, so <laughs> I want to clear something else up too because yeah. you said commission earlier. And every time I say that to people, they, yeah. they're like, what's a commission? So, oh, yeah, I would, yeah so the commission, just for if you guys got like confused at any point, a commission is it's when you inquire an artist to do a personal piece for you or just create yeah. a. Um, Help me out. Well, in your in your position, it's a couple different things, right? Oh because yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. sell if you sell someone's piece, there's a commission the that commission, goes to yeah. the gallery, right? Um, but I think most people know what commission is in those terms, right? Yeah. If you sell something, you get a kickback. It's right. Commission. Right. Um, and then you know, if someone asks you to do a custom painting for them. That is also a commission. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a couple different words. I'm, I mean, a couple different ways in which that word is used. I might be missing something else, but you know, as we go, if we remember, we figure yeah. it out. You know, <laughs> if we don't get it, just send us an email, hit us on Instagram, whatever. It's cool. Anyway, <laughs> as you were saying, Mariah. So, so curating—that's what we're talking about. Right? Yeah. yeah. How do yeah, you yeah, go yeah. about picking artists? Yeah. So, so I, I come up with um, I come up with a theme for the show first, and yeah. after I come up with the theme, then I, I kind of have in my mind like what kind of pieces I want. And this, I'll actually just take you out through how I did the last show. Works. So um, for this last show, someone threw out an idea, and it, I took that idea, and I was like, well, it's not really a great idea. It was good enough to develop. <laughs> so I uh, took the idea and um, just ex expounded on it. What, what I started with was what I wanted to show, the show to look like. Because mm -hmm. like I work off of experiences going yeah. back to Apple, like Apple yeah. did everything, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the experience at Apple, like they focused on the journey of the customer, the journey of, Absolutely. you know, whoever, whatever you're doing. So um, I'm really big on experiences. So when, when I think about curating a show, I first think about the experience of the person that's like uh, the client or the guest that's walking into the show. So when I think about that, then I'm like, okay, what do I want them to see? Like, what do I want them to feel? What do I want to like encompass the room? Mm -hmm. And then after I think about that, then I think about the uh, the pieces that are going to surround it. So this last show is called Fem, a, a voyage through her garden, okay. and so it, it's about feminism, like sexuality. Um, Nasty. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's natural. So, so the, the exact, and that's and that's what I wanted to convey. Also, yeah. like the 
but not not even in a, a hypersexual manner like just yeah, like absolutely. just everything like of a woman and, and yeah. that's so when I was thinking about this show I wanted it to show like everything of a woman like anger struggle um, happiness just everything like everything that everything that we are we are a lot of different things but we often get put in a box of what we're supposed to be yeah, yeah. you know so I just wanted to really like just show I wanted to show that and um, then I, I think about the type of pieces I want. After I think about the type of pieces I want, I start just researching artists and if they have, do they even have the style that I'm searching for? Yeah. And then I do a studio visit. Okay. So I go to their studio, kind of feel their vibe, and then go through their pieces and I pick the pieces that I want if they'll let me have them. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's the process. Before this last show, I always try to encompass like music into it um, just because I don't like to think of art as when I think of art I think of like all things art yeah so um, for it's the last experience like you said like yeah it, it encompasses all senses yeah, so, yeah yeah exactly and so for the last I don't know if you guys seen this but for the last show we built this um, and I got this I got this idea from S. Devlin y'all know who that is you know so S. Devlin she's a um, she's a stage curator she curates stages like for celebrities. Mm-hmm. So she's done. She's she's done Beyonce. I, I'm gonna go back to anybody who works Actually, with Beyonce. I, you know who you're talking about. You know, is so there's a series on Netflix called Abstract. Abstract. Yeah. Yo, she's, she's crazy. She's, she's crazy, dope. bro. Like, if she's, anyone has not seen Abstract, go see it. I think there's six episodes. Kristoff yep. mm-hmm. Neiman was super dope too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I've yeah, got to add it to my it, queue. Yeah, I mean, she, architecture. Tinker Hatfield yep. from uh, Nike and from Jordan Nike. Brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Bjark, who is an architect from the Netherlands, who is dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Abstract is an amazing series. And I don't hey, know. Netflix, they need to do it again. Yeah, I mean, hey, Netflix. <laughs> hello, where's the second season? Like, you know. Yeah. Yo, real, real <laughs> There's school, a lot more people school. out there that need to be talked about. Yeah. But yeah, so she, um, she, she did this. She, she works it with cubes a lot. Yeah. And I was developing this a personal show for myself, and you know Tammy. Yeah. So it's something that Tammy and I are working on, and I, I, he's probably very upset with me because I put a pause on that when I realized I was doing this gallery, and I haven't like looked back since, and I need to finish that project because I'm. You know, I, we talk about that later, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, so I took the idea from that show, from what I wanted to do for myself, and I wanted to create like these cube-like structures. Well, which I stole from S. Devlin. Yeah, and you know she's still like an artist. So artist we created this yeah. uh, this cube. I don't know if you guys seen it on on Instagram. Or yeah, you, uh, I think there was, was there with a, the harpist inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got this guy to uh, to do the installation. He built the cube. He built it in here, and we put the harpist inside of it. And we um, we built the um, what's it called? We put flowers like an atrium. Yeah. We made it like an atrium on the inside. I did see those pictures. Did yeah. you see yeah. that? It was dope. It was dope. Yeah. So we wanted to convey her. Like we wanted to make her seem as if she were. Art. art yeah like in, untouchable well executed yeah yeah so that was in we wanted and we knew that that would that would you know that would create the feeling you know like art being on the wall that's that's one thing but then having moving art is is a different thing mm-hmm. it's a totally different thing and and that's just what I that's how I, I, I create my shows because I just I don't want it to always be an experience um, earlier we were talking about your experience and I was like, oh, we have to have Mariah on the show uh-huh. as a young black woman who's an art gallery owner. What's been your experience so far entering the art world through that avenue? Um, well, 
it's so I started I I missed the part when I was telling you guys about my just my journey, but I, I worked in I worked for a gallerist for free. Actually, not even I'm sorry. One one quick second, because uh-huh. again, explanatory comma. So the thing about the art world, listeners, if you don't understand, the art world, like a lot of other industries in the world, is mm-hmm. dominated by white men, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, second in the gallerist space I would say is probably white women mm-hmm. <laughs> so being a woman of color makes Mariah a double minority <laughs> in this industry that a lot of times uses black bodies as either subject or help mm-hmm. just to be quite honest like that's just mm-hmm. kind of I'm going to touch on that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> That's just kind of what it is. Um, so she's an anomaly. And actually, I think there was an article in the Times or something. Was it? Or Art Talk. I don't know. I'll find out. I'll put it on the website. Uh, but <laughs> but there was, yeah, there was an article about the fact that there aren't very many young black gallerists and that that is hopefully going to be the new wave. Yeah. So she's part of that way. She's a pioneer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. I wouldn't that. say all that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll let y'all say it. <laughs> but yeah, so I was working with this, this lady named Kathy. Well, who I basically just showed up to her gallery one day. <laughs> and I was like, hey, she's this older white lady. I'm yeah. Like 70, I don't know, maybe 70 years old. I don't know. And I just kept going. You know, I was like, went, showed up every Saturday, and I just sat down with her, and I just I talked to her. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep coming. She's like, well, Mariah, I can't pay you. And I was like, it's okay. I just want to come in here and talk to you. So she ended up teaching me about like stocks and art and really how to run a gallery. And yeah. we like had discussions about her like passing that gallery to me when she like passed away, like when she was done. Oh wow. And you know things of that of that nature. But then one day she was like, she told me, she she said, I, I feel so bad because I can't pay you. So I just just come whenever you can, because I enjoy talking to you, but stop coming every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but in that time, in that short time period, I like, I soaked yeah. up so much from her. She's been doing it for 40 years. Oh, wow. But she, we talked a lot about like the differences of being like black and being like this older white lady and how, like the differences of, you know, selling yeah. art. And, and um, it's, it's, a, it's a very crazy difference. I forgot the question. I, um, now that I'm thinking about it. What's been your experience? My experience. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah. You got so, the question, yeah. but you've been answering it properly. <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> so yeah, so that's my, my, with my experience. My experience now is, yeah, it's definitely diff- difficult to get a, a diverse crowd in here hmm. because people, I'm young, number one, mm-hmm. and I'm black, and I'm a woman, and I'm like not a gay black man. And, and, and that's another thing, it's, it's, it's not yeah. nothing, you know, let me, nothing against that. Look, it's, I'm nothing against that at all, but in certain worlds, it's accepted a little bit more to be yeah. a gay black man or a gay white man in, in a world like this, other than be like a straight black woman who's like black, like I'm not like, a straight black white woman. Like, I'm need, I'm, I'm, like I, you know what I'm saying? If you know what I'm saying. Like, no need to explain I, that. Like, I'm, I am black. <laughs> and everything of me is black. <laughs> like, For sure. You know? So, so, yeah, so it gets, 
it gets difficult and I find myself in rooms where I am the only black person and it's and of course like we always find ourselves in those rooms but I really find myself in those rooms <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like looking around and yeah. people always ask me oh how did you how did you know about this like how did you get invited like it's always like a sly slick question mm -hmm. like it's very like you know, it's they very shady. It's a wrong. very polite, what the fuck are you doing? Here? Right, like, <laughs> right, right. And then we'll let this Negro in. So, but <laughs> you can't play that game with me, though, because I play that game very well. So I'm like, yeah. I, I, I always know how you got invited. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you asking me how I got invited, but you didn't pay for this either. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because my PR actually is your PR, too. You just didn't know about me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah. I study my environments very well. Yeah. And I, I know I'm not going to walk in a room and I know who anyone is. Absolutely. You're not about to come at me, and I don't know who you are, because you're gonna come at me shady, and I and I got it. I'm I'm gonna be nice, but you almost got to give that shade back a little mm -hmm. bit, you know? Yeah. Like you got to give it back. Make you feel it. Yeah. You got to <laughs> give it back in the nicest way, because yeah. it's it's like, don't make me feel like I don't belong. And I, I went to this um event. And this this changed my outlook. I'm like, damn, like, I could either feel like inferior or. I could feel like I'm not, you know, on the level of everyone in here, or I could feel like a fucking superhero. Yeah. Like everyone's gonna look at me because I'm black. I'm a black woman. Yeah. So you're gonna look at me either because you don't think I belong here, or you're gonna look at me. You're gonna look at me either as, as I don't belong here. Or you're gonna look at me because it's like, oh, why is she here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like either I'm gonna be like a superhero, like you're like, oh shit, do I have a cape on like in here? <laughs> like why is everybody staring at me and. I'm gonna use that to my advantage, or I'm gonna get nervous and, you know, be, you know, not know how to work the room. Yeah. And so it's it's how you it's how you take it. But it's it's being the, my experience of being in a black curator or a black black gallerist is the experience of being black in America. Like it's <laughs> that's the, that's the experience. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just that's what the experience is. You you just have to you have to get that respect. You got to put in a little bit more work. Yeah. And. I have my tricks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have my tricks. <laughs> have you had any, besides the person asking how you got in there, have you had any like jarring moments where you second guessed if you made the right step taking this on this early in your career? Oh, I had that second moment today. Oh. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> you know, like I have that second moment every time I got to pay people. Ah. And, you know, like it's, I have that second moment. It's, I have that. <laughs> I had that second moment like hell last night. <laughs> you know, like it's it's definitely not an easy task. Yeah. And just just not not even the aspect of like because this is this is a venue ga this is a gallery venue space. Yeah. So not only am I managing a gallery, like I'm managing a venue, like and I do like kind of everything. Like I'm the graphic designer. I I do the, the finances. Like so yeah, it gets and I'm I'm saying I do everything. Yeah. So it's like it gets very overwhelming and that's when i that's when i question it but the question i only question myself for a little while like yeah. it, it never lasts too long you know okay. Okay. um so what current art world trends are you following and uh are you excited about any in particular um so i'm getting more into like the houston market just because i <laughs> The Houston market is just a little bit different than a lot of the other markets. In what ways? So I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but just like uh, Houston's very, and we're getting out of this, but it's very conservative. Yeah. So uh, a lot of pieces, like if you want to sell work here, 
you almost have to go like the abstract route. Yeah. And um, I'm an abstract artist, so I know like it's not really hard. It's not that hard to sell abstract work, which I, I'm all for the challenge, but I'm also all for yeah. sustaining the gallery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, so um, that's the the trend I'm following is is kind of the design trend of like homes. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, to be honest with you, it seems like a little boring. It seems a little boring, but um, I'm making a choice right now to make money first so I can have a voice later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah. You so it, I'm, I'm making that choice. And yeah, it's not that I'm opposed to abstract work. Like I said, I'm an abstract artist. Like, yeah. I, I, ain't very, I, mean, I love abstract work. But that, that transition is so I can work with interior designers. Yeah. You know, work with. Um, so, let, to, just to clarify, are you saying like, so basically, you're doing commission work that matches the color of someone's couch? Yeah. Or well, no. Well, or, or, or even just on. even just like an artist that does just, just an amazing abstract artist that yes. it means something. It's just it's like it's just amazing. It's great. Yeah. But having those having that type of art sometimes is is a little bit um, it's a little bit easier to make a sale on those art, on those okay. pieces, yeah, yeah. but still focusing on the exhibitions. So okay. still having people come in and experience these exhibitions and having shows, like shows where they come in and they're experiencing these thought-provoking works. Yeah. And because what I've learned, what something I have learned in, in the art world is a lot, of, a lot of pieces that do present those thought-provoking works are um, works that travel. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, to yeah. different residencies, not necessarily work that sells like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. something that I've learned. I didn't realize that before I got into this world, uh, but a, a lot of work travels and it doesn't. That's how a lot of artists make money by yeah. traveling to different residencies. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very true. Um, some of my friends in the city who, um, names that people know in the city, Robert Hodge. Yeah, yeah, I know Robert. Uh, Rebea Ballin. Yeah. Um, and Robert Pruitt, but Robert Pruitt, like he's, I mean, he's doing yeah, his yeah. thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like they, they're, they're, Lovey Olivier, they're, mm -hmm, they're going mm -hmm. to these, these, these uh, residencies and mm -hmm. fellowships and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's sustaining a lot of the practice. Mm -hmm. uh, although they are being, you know, picked up by collectors and things like that. But yeah, I think, I think one thing that, I like to kind of let people know that aren't in the art world is that as artists we have to be everything right mm -hmm. so if <laughs> to bring it to something a little comical but like if you think about in living color mm -hmm. right the skits about the jamaicans mm -hmm. right you know i'm the doctor i'm mm -hmm. the nurse i'm <laughs> the paramedic right like that's artists mm -hmm. like we have to do art handling mm -hmm. we have to make our own art yep. we have to build our frames mm -hmm. we have like all of these different things mm -hmm. and we end up being our own art dealers too mm -hmm. so in addition to that when you're you know in some sometimes odd, odd jobs or sometimes you have a nine to five like myself right. like you do all of these different things and you have to figure out a way to make it work right and if you really want to focus on the artwork then you have to drive everything into a funnel and right. sometimes you got to cut out that nine to five right and that's when you start having to find those residencies and those fellowships yeah, to yeah. Supplement. so yeah well but a lot of what a lot i've realized a lot of artists i don't realize is is you find a lot of artists that are portrait artists right like uh, tons of portrait artists you, okay you're a portrait artist yeah so something okay i'll tell you something i've recognized people don't buy portraits unless yeah. they're of themselves 
So, and that's something I, you know. Really? I love portraits yeah. of other people. <laughs> it's crazy, but it's, it's so, I've realized that people get weird. They get kind of yeah. weird about it. it well, you got to realize too, like I see a lot of people look at art. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people that look at art. Yeah. So, I, I realized that people get weird about buying a portrait of someone that could be real. Mm. So, yeah. the portraits that sell are the ones that make you feel something. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's not just a person, it's it's a feeling. Yeah. Like, it's something, like, okay, I know the audience can't see this, but like that painting. We'll put it on the side. Okay, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, <laughs> that painting has evoked so many feelings in people. Yeah. And it's just, they feel like they, they relate to it some kind of way. Yeah. And so, but when it's just a portrait of someone just sitting in a normal stance or like yeah. standing in contrapostal, like, it's just like, it's like, yeah. you know, then when they're doing that, it's just, it just seems like, it's it's unrelatable. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of that should be the goal of good artwork, right? Yeah, to make you you're feel. supposed to feel something. Yeah. So like looking at this piece, um, you know, I think it's the contrast between the innocence of the little girl mm -hmm. and the menacing look of the dog, right? Mm -hmm. right. Like it's a pit bull. Like pit shout out Ryan sick. Williams. <laughs> Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams. Ryan, the artist on Instagram. Well, shout out to my, my best friend. <laughs> bet, 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 bet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's the contrast between those two things. And she's got on her ballet outfit. And mm -hmm. she, you know, it looks like it's just supposed to be a cute portrait of the girl. But then you add the dog and it adds a whole nother layer of, yeah. of, of feeling, of thought to it. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, those feelings, being able to evoke some sort of response. Yeah, and it, the key is just being vulnerable, honestly. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Like, you just have to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. You, you, like, it, a portrait artist is not, if you're not vulnerable in your work, then it's not, it's never gonna evoke a, yeah. a feeling. It's, ne it's like, it just, if you plan out a piece and you just plan it out based on aesthetics, and it's, it's really never gonna evoke an emotion. Yeah. Like, you have to be vulnerable. Like, you have to be, like, you have to really tell a true story, like, Something that makes yeah. you feel. You gotta make you feel first, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I'm gonna say, I'm, I really and truly believe this, and I know, you know, some listeners might feel some kind of way, and uh, that's fine, but especially as a black artist, especially as a woman artist, mm -hmm. if you're part of any minority group, you have to make sure that your work has another layer to it. Mm -hmm. um, I actually joked with <laughs> uh, one of my friends, Ben, about this, but white men are just about the only people that can make money selling any type of art mm -hmm. it can be the most bullshit mm -hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't matter like uh, what's his name pollock oh come on now like, <laughs> i mean uh yeah. come on come on yeah like i'm not playing with him no, I mean, <laughs> jackson paul uh, all he did was i'm not okay early, you know everyone doesn't really agree pollock with this dope, though Early Pollock. Okay, was dope. I gotta disagree. I have to agree to this. Early, early Pollock. Listen, he's like, <laughs> all right. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm an expressionist, and what I'm gonna do is, but I get it though. It's, it's I do. I, what I appreciate is he was, ex he was expressing himself. Yeah. That's what I appreciate, and yeah. I think that's what other people appreciate it too. However, okay, we can all take a brush and throw paint. Yeah. And, I mean, but, you know, just, but the, the, you know, I'm just going to say, though, but, like, I'm going to play devil's advocate for the okay. art historians out there. Okay. They're going to come for me. They're going to come for me, I know. Sure. Anybody can do it, right? But he did it in that particular way first. Yeah, in that time right? period, yeah. So, because he popped, 
now you have all these people that are terrible, doing terribly derivative work, yeah. right? Just like Basquiat, <laughs> yeah. right? Like mm. there's so many people on Instagram that are doing terrible derivative bullshit. Like, that. oh yeah, Basquiat's my favorite artist, no shit. Like you're copying everything. Stop putting that fucking crown on everything. Oh, bro, it's out of line. <laughs> Come on, like, are, why are we all doing this? Hey, why are listen, we all putting the crown? Listen, man. And listen. then you know, I, I'm not gonna get into that though because so, I gotta represent artists and yeah. so. <laughs> no, but I think I think it's honest though. I think I think we have to be honest, right? Like, yeah, you you have to be honest. I'm not I'm not taking you on yeah. as an artist if you put that crown on. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. You know that shows your lack of progression though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're still you in the Basquiat crown, mm. you haven't progressed past that. Now, if you use it on a piece or two, mm-hmm. right, and you flip it in your own way, or if it's an homage to, but the rest of that shit is completely you, yeah. then that's cool. Yeah. But trying to create in the same way that Basquiat created, because you saw Radiant Child five times, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> not, that's not gonna get it, and I think that's fair. I also think it's fair to call out some of the masters. You know, and, yeah. you know, so Pollock may not necessarily be called a master, but he's definitely a famous painter. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think a funny little story when I was in college at U of H, in one of my art history classes, we were discussing Cezanne, the fact that mm-hmm. he painted the same landscape mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the art historian uh, master students was like, well, you have to understand that the perfection of an artist is da-da-da-da. Now, my big gripe with art historians a lot of times is that they've never created a piece of art in their life. Mm-hmm. So they're just talking from this place of, uh, I think, but they just try to make it, make it sound intelligent, right? Yeah. So as an artist myself, I decided to chime in. Nobody liked what I had to say. I said, mm-hmm. hey, <laughs> I feel you. That could be why he painted that. But also, he was in the south of France, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, in that time, absinthe was a thing, even if it didn't have a name, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So could it be that he was just fucked up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, oh man, I he got this, messed up. Like you know, I say the same thing. Just about, painted the same shit because he was fucked up. But like, <laughs> there's people that do that, like on different drugs. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same painting. I'm gonna put, do a portrait of myself. I, I'm the same painting yeah. on all these different drugs. Like I think the same thing about the um, what were they called? The I can't even think of the name of the the, the time period. They were all inspired by Freudian. You know what I'm talking about? Inspired by? They were all inspired by Freudian. Or Freud, 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 Freud. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know I it's like. It's like this dreamlike mm-hmm. stuff with um, mm-hmm. Salvador Dali. Mm-hmm. They were on drugs. That's all I was getting to. <laughs> a lot of people were. A lot of people were. Uh, I mean, and, and shit, a lot of people are today. Yeah, right. yeah, you know, facts. <laughs> people, people that are listening might be on drugs. Right you know. now. We're not, we're not, we're not Do your thing. No, <laughs> Do your thing. Keep smoking. Your right. If, if, if it's weed, keep smoking. I'm not judging you if it's something else, but if you have a problem, please get help. Mm-hmm. And that's real. That's real. Uh, <laughs> Earlier you spoke about the Houston art scene being pretty conservative. Mm-hmm. As a gallerist, how do you navigate picking social and political art pieces mm-hmm. in this climate? Um, so just lately, I've just been just kind of true to what, 
true to who I am because honestly to to be a curator you have to show a lot of who you are because that's you know then you you become known for your style of the art pieces that you know that you like mm -hmm. and you just have to be true like as as vulnerable as you have to be as an artist that's how vulnerable you have to be as a curator while also keeping in mind will this sell mm -hmm. you do have to keep that in mind so do you ever feel like you have to scale back or take yeah certain yeah no, fact, for sure yeah so for sure like so it's i when i when i pick certain things i'm like okay that's cool because i have to think about this being a venue space mm -hmm. also so it's i'm challenged with a lot of different things like okay I would, you know, when certain people come in here, are they going to feel like, oh, I don't want to rent this venue because of these pieces that are on the wall? Mm -hmm. Because just as a gallery, like as a new gallery, we stay afloat a lot of times by the venue. Mm -hmm. And um, you just, it's picking, I try to stay as true to myself as I can mm -hmm. with, the, with the pieces. Like I definitely try to stay true. But it's, you, the thought does cross my mind of getting written in like publications mm -hmm. and getting written and the local publications, because you you don't, if you have too much of a certain thing, then you're not gonna get written about. You know, so it's like, it's the stressors of, okay, I wanna be 100% true, but I also wanna get these people publicity, but, and I also wanna rent out the gallery. So it's like, okay, you, it's just, you, it's always, it's always trying to find the in-between of what's gonna serve all purposes, yeah. which is very difficult, but, I try to stay as true as I can while I'm doing it. Does your perspective as an artist feel challenged based on your perspective as a business owner and a gallery? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, because I'm I'm like I'm just a free person. Yeah. Like and my the, my true self is just like oh fuck you I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. And I have do do I have that that same mindset in this business? Yes, because if I didn't, it wouldn't be me. But is it scaled back? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, like I said, you kind of do what you have to do in a moment to get to where, to get to that Beyonce lemonade moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's everyone does, like you have yeah. to, you, you make your, you have to make strategic moves, mm -hmm. period. You know, so it's, it's just, that's what it is. You know, I, I'm gonna go through Dangerously in Love, Dave, I'm a number one Beyonce fan. For it, just in case you guys haven't noticed, so I'm gonna make a lot of Beyonce references. But you have to go through those moments of listening to the label a little bit, yeah. and then you know, and then you get to the point to where you're like, okay, I could totally be who I am, and now I can make the difference, you know. But but you have people like what's her name, Yara? She's young, Yara. Yara Shahidi. Man, she's just true all the time. Yeah. I feel that, mm -hmm. like you feel the energy through Instagram, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I aspire, to, even though she's a lot younger than I am, like I aspire to, to be able to be in a platform where I'm true all the time, but she already got money. So yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a little different, <laughs> it's a little different. But yeah, just to answer that question, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Do you think there should be, and this is a question I always want to ask Mark and never really had the chance. <laughs> Do you think there should be boundaries in art, like certain topics or expressions that should not be expressed or if they do? No. No? No, because it would totally kill the spirit of art. Mm -hmm. Like it would totally kill the spirit. Like do I agree with every subject that's? Yeah. No. Do you know, would I go do it? Would, like, it's, and also, it's, people feel how they feel about art, but the, the beauty in being an artist is being able to project on a painting or a sculpture or whatever you feel your art is mm -hmm. in the way that you feel the world is. 
like art is about perception and so it's however you perceive things. And, and, and artists, I feel, it's like this is the most beautiful job in the world to be an artist. Mm. Because we get the opportunity to show the world our mind. And we just get called an artist. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? And it's, it's like, you know, no one really, no, I don't think it should be boundaries. Because if there were boundaries on what should be shown in artwork, a lot of things wouldn't be produced. And we, boundaries have been put on art. Like you look at the Louvre, you know that's Eurocentric art. That's nothing but, that's yeah. that's nothing but it. You know, so boundaries have been put on art. And if you if you go back and you look at like history, and you go back to like the Roman times and the Egyptian times and all of these different times, like all they did was steal from each other, just to keep everything kind of like, uh, you know. And then a lot of things were controlled by the popes, the emperors. You know, there there was there have there has been definite control over art. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely control. The reason I always ask is because as an art appreciator, I'm one of those like, why would they do that? Why do, mm-hmm. why would they make that painting that depicts this terrible thing? Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have done it. And I know that obviously I'm nobody, so <laughs> no, <laughs> to say that they shouldn't do it. But I always wonder is like, do people or do galleries feel like there should be boundaries or there should be things that no, you shouldn't let your work go to this place or. Well, there's galleries. There's a gallery for everybody. So I mean, you can go to the contemporary, the Houston Contemporary Art Museum, mm-hmm. and see the most, the craziest stuff over yeah. there. You know, like so. It's it's just, I don't know. When you when when, where my mind goes when you're talking about this is like I've seen, I've seen a lot of pieces where it's like someone's like dying or getting killed, mm-hmm. or like just hypersexual, like just yeah. oversexual. Is, is that the that's, real question? Yeah, that's what, okay. That's where, Robert Maple. <laughs> there was the reason I asked is there was an exhibit at the Museum of Modern Art, and I went in, wasn't expecting it, but it was basically paintings of women deep throating, and the whole gal, the whole exhibit. Yeah, I've seen. I was so like, that. oh my god, it's intense, but it's life. Yeah. But it, yeah. but it is life. Yeah. Yeah. But it was one of those. I was like, I don't think that I would have ever imagined this being curated. Like, oh, there's a whole collection of art of women. Yeah, I don't. I guess you asked me that question when we were on the way to mm-hmm. Dallas, and I, I think we were talking about so many other things that I didn't, I, I kind of touched on it, but I mean, I'm kind of with Mariah, like, no, you can create whatever you want, mm-hmm. but okay. whatever that backlash is gonna be, That's what you I have accepted. to be able to deal with that, right? Yeah. So like, pedophiles can create work, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's their thing, mm-hmm. but bro, guess what? you're gonna go to jail. Like, that's the backlash for that. Like, there are gonna be consequences for shit that you do, but if you're ready to deal with those consequences, yeah. So that's always been my, my conflict, is that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I feel, your art makes me feel this way, and it's not happy or, like, oh, inspired. It, yeah. It draws out criticism, like, hey, that's yeah. wrong, or that shouldn't be depicted. Yeah. And then it's, well, you can't critique art that you don't agree with, and that's usually what I always yeah. see the pushback, like, oh, well, they're just being an artist. No, yeah, I, it, I mean, it's, 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 yeah, you just, you, I mean, just the same way you choose if you want to watch porn or not, mm-hmm. is, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make your, and then what porn are you watching, like, what porn are you, you know? some, some <laughs> porn will get you judged more than others, okay. yeah, you know, so, that's, that's now, a fair give analogy. me one second, let me step back for a second, I'm not saying that pedophilia is okay, I just not use at all. an absurd <laughs> example, yeah. I just wanted to use an absurd example, yeah. but you know, it, what people make. I mean, I got into a Facebook argument 
<laughs> a Facebook argument because um, when the art, the album artwork for Pusha T's album Daytona oh, with the came up and it's the Whitney Houston's bathroom. Yeah, Auntie. And how you do Auntie like that? Somebody like <laughs> I they felt were, away they about were, it. They felt, and that's that's fair, right? <laughs> what I said is, eh, it's questionable whether or not they should have used it. Yeah. But they have a right to use it. It felt exploitative. That was my gripe about it. Whether it a felt lot exploitative. Does, yeah, and that was what, that was what I was like, you know. But the album was exploitative. Yeah. You know, yeah, like I mean, Pusha T's whole career yeah. exploits. This yeah, is, this drugs, is true. But right? I, I felt like it wasn't their story to exploit. Yeah, but Pusha T tells his story. And but the let story me hit you with this though. And so that is why I took issue with it being Whitney's that the picture that it was. That I was like, that's not your story to exploit, and that is the issue I took with it. But if we're gonna talk about exploitation. Aren't the people who were hiring Whitney to perform while she was at her worst? Mm-hmm. Aren't they? Yes. Exploitive? Then a yeah. motherfucker? Like, yes. Because so they knew it was going to be a shit show. So they're right? both wrong. Yeah. But it's one so, of those people push back, oh, it's not yeah. exploiting because it's yeah. in the name of art. I think that's always been my gripe as a art appreciator that's a lay person is that yeah. I feel like a lot of passes get yeah. handed out yeah. because they feel that, oh, well, I have to defend art, so I have to defend everything related to art. Well, people people get emotional, and we, like, we all tend to hand out passes for different things. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the things that comes to mind, because I was thinking about this as it pertains to the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, Charlemagne the God, his name is being brought up, right? But is people, it? Yes. Yeah. I, well, I didn't, man, I'm, I've been off of social media for a few days. Like, so this se- is new, right? Two separate incidents, yeah. Two separate the incidences incidents. are old, but they've, they've yeah. surfaced. Okay. And so and, the conversation's very fresh. And one is older than the other. So You know, one, he always talking about yeah. people on this shit, too. Well, yeah, but one was, you know, a, a 15-year-old girl oh, no. was sexually oh, no. assaulted at a party that he threw at his house. Oh. But they found no evidence that it was him who right. assaulted the girl, and it was a, was a homeboy, a cousin, somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's a second incident that happened earlier, I, I think when he was either in high school or fresh out of high school, mm-hmm. where he gave a girl some Spanish fly and they were drinking. But he talks but he, about that situation. He also, he also puts the Spanish fly in his drink. Wait, what's, I don't even know what Spanish it fly is... I don't exactly know what the effects are. It's an aphrodisiac, and oh, okay. there are some. It's, it's some not good at, shit. It's used as a date yeah. rape drug. That's yeah. the best way to. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can't just go dropping that shit in people's drink. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. But he put it in his drink as well. According to him, they were they had already been talking about how they was gonna get down. So this, him putting something in her drink. Yeah. It, at best, at best, it's a poor judgment call, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? At, at the absolute best, it's a poor judgment call, right? Because even if there was consent previously, maybe she was going to change her mind, but she couldn't because you put that shit in there. Like, you know, it's, at yeah. best, it's a bad judgment call, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody's will, like a lot of people, like there's a petition to get him off the air, right? Oh wow! It only has 1,500 signatures though. Oh okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> ain't that crazy? No, and it is. And I, I, my personal feelings for him prior to this aside, I think when I had to step back and look at what is his impact on the culture, he plays a gatekeeper. Whether you agree with his politics, his social stances, and all that, yeah. if you're particularly a black artist, black whatever TV show, book, or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
if you go to the Black Breakfast Club because of the size of their platform, you're on. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. bad, or indifferent, you've got yeah. the view. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are hesitant to take a firm stance this early mm-hmm. in the controversy yeah. because he's a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, and I say him, even though there's two other hosts on the show, because I don't feel like they have the same impact right. as him because they're not as controversial. They're actually pretty passive right. in their role on the yeah. show. Yeah. And, you know, so. Okay. I mean, but to that point, though, like getting back to our original point, like my thing is, you know, we, we get emotional and we, we give people these passes, right, for these things that they're doing, it, be it art, be it life, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, like, I think we need to take more of an objective stance, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah. because if, <laughs> I don't know why you created that piece of art, yeah. right? It might be jarring, <clears throat> but I don't know why you created it. I wasn't there when you created it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you went about um, like early 19th, I mean early 20th century, there was, early to mid 20th century, there was a, a photographer, I think a Mexican photographer. Uh, if my professor Eric Zapata is out there, get at me and tell me that I'm wrong, please. <laughs> um, but I believe he was a, a Mexican uh, photographer and he used cadavers and he would take the cadavers and cut them up. And for take those photos who don't know, those are dead bodies. Dead mm-hmm. bodies. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he take dead motherfuckers. No, he's <laughs> but no, he take dead bodies and pose them and photograph them. Right? Like wow. that's that's crazy. That's pretty macabre. Like like that that's crazy. But at the same time, like I don't know if he got blessings from the families. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't know what those situations were. See, it gets, so, it gets tricky. It gets very tricky, but that's why yeah. we should take an objective position so but that we can evaluate it. Like, it's, so it's, yeah, it's, you know, exactly. you get, it's weird because, you're right, you're right, Raquel. Like, art does get a pass. Yeah. You're right. In the name of it's art, and I feel like, even me, where I've, I've seen myself step back saying, well, if I take a hard stance on this, am I gonna be censoring something else that I think should have a platform, yeah. and that's I've, that, it's a it's a conflict. I think there's nothing wrong with saying there's a conflict in it, but no, it's no, there's no, nothing wrong. I'm like, oh, I don't think you should be able to depict this, but I don't want that same censor- censorship on a different topic yeah. that I feel should be elevated. Yeah, yeah. it so. just translates to every aspect of life because it's like, damn, you, you know, it's so many things we can't look at. Like we look at art as subjective, but a lot of artists are you know humans in this world, mm-hmm. and it's. We, and we're, we're really starting to look at every damn thing as subjective, and it's kind of getting a little dangerous. Yeah. But you know, it's it's just like okay with the pedophilia. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to go back to that time. <laughs> like it's like okay, like we can't, I can't, we can't. Yeah, I was like I'm not moving the bar on it. But I think yeah, what it comes down that, to yeah. is people have to be able to take their stance. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you're gonna, dis- people are gonna disagree with you whether you're yeah. wrong, right? I mean, yeah. Can you take your stance and vote? In certain instances, people cower, or they'll say, "I'm actually not that committed to that stance." Yeah, and they'll back down. Yeah, I think it just like I think it just boils down to like there are going to be images that you disagree with, Mm -hmm. videos you disagree with, paintings you disagree with. Just we just have to decide like what we disagree with. Like so, like back to the the exhibition that you went to where the girl was like giving the guy head, and I had no problem with it. I was just like, oh. It would have helped to have some context, uh, context of what the purpose of it was. Like, oh, is this again? Is it exploiting? Like, I didn't know what the theme was other than yeah. oh, there's a bunch of women. Yeah. Second, can I? Can I? Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of women performing oral sex. Like, yeah. is it 
was the theme when it was put together just the normalcy of intimate moments or was it exploiting women doing like it was one yeah. of those I th and that's yeah. why and you, as an art appreciator I want to know, know what the story is what's the context what am I supposed to get from this so it's like you got two type of people that view art you mm -hmm. got people that take it as you want to analyze and you want to see what what did the artist mean like what did they mean and then you have people that take their own meaning from things mm -hmm. and so a lot of uh, you have and then you have the same thing with artists that want people to know what they meant and then you have artists that want people to take their own meaning. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's it's kind of, with, with that situation, I think it kind of boils down to that because that one can look, be looked at as anything, yeah. it, even with the dead people. Like, yeah. It, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, oh, so the artist might, may have, like we talked about evoking emotions, evoking feelings. Well, the artist may have wanted you to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That that literally may have yeah. been their their purpose and mm -hmm. they may have achieved it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. you know, so that that's that could have been, even, even if an artist, did a painting of pedophilia, like of, of some nasty shit like that happening. Like it could, and it filled this gallery up. What if it was for real to make us feel uncomfortable? Like, yeah. especially around this time period where mm -hmm. people are trying to normalize that and an artist did a whole exhibition on it. Yeah. You'd have people that walked in here and be like, writing petitions against shutting down the gallery. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd also have some people here like, I want to buy it. You, yeah. You'd have, yeah, you'd have, yeah, you'd have those people, and then you have the people that are like, well, you know what? They're just trying to bring light to what's happening right now. Yeah. So it's so many different stances. And that goes back to the boundaries, and that's thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I literally always wanted to have that conversation. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation that will yeah. continue to be had because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways in which people are trying to censor others right now, mm. not just in speech, not just in art, but in what women can do with their bodies in other ways. Like mm -hmm. that is a form of censorship also, mm -hmm. like control, creating mm -hmm. these boundaries and shit like that. So it's a conversation that'll, be con that'll continue to be had. I'm gonna ask every guest we have, just so you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm good with that, let's do that shit. It's such a push and pull right now though. It's like, everyone, yeah. it's such a push yeah. and pull. Everyone's like, oh, I wanna do this. For sure. Now let's talk about Mariah. The artist. The artist. Okay, okay. Uh, we can do that. <laughs> so, does your artwork address any current social political topics? No. Nope. And actually, before we go there, let's talk about what type of work you create. You said before abstract, you make right? abstract paintings, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, so, to you, well, to clarify for our listeners, of course. Abstract painting is the stuff that you see that you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, the thing is, like, kind of like I was saying before, like, you have to, you you can. Well, there are several different ways to view abstract art, right? Mm -hmm. um, as Mariah said, you can view it subjectively, where you're looking at the work and you're like, okay, cool, I like it. It reminds me of such and such, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. That's what you see. That's what you get from mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can look at it from an objective point of view because abstract art typically is defined by the fact that it is non-objective. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. It's not created to represent anything necessarily. Um, it relies heavily on color, shape, line. Um, composition. Composition. Mm -hmm. uh, then it does on figurative or landscape pieces that you might see. Now, it might be a landscape, it might be a portrait, but it's abstract, so right. that's something completely different. Um, so you can look at that piece and knowing a little bit about the artist, the context helps you to understand the content mm 
Right. Um, and you can look at it that way, or you can look at it from both directions as well. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times, abstract art deals with um, whatever the artist wants it to be. I mean, from emotion mm -hmm. to simply playing with colors, Mark mm -hmm. Rothko, to... Right. Um, Who is a master. A, yes. a master, yes. People may, dis a lot of people disagree. A lot I of actually agree. You agree. A lot of people disagree. <laughs> I'm still on the fence about Rothko. Um, Come on, man. He have, plays with light. Yeah. He plays on light, I, not hey, just color. Listen, I, I like to look at Mark, Mark Rothko's, but I'm not exactly sure that I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's my dream painting. That's yeah. what I want to own. I'm not sure about that. You give me any any Basquiat piece, I don't care. It could be one of the postcards. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. But Rothko, not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, then you have abstract expressionist mm -hmm. Jackson Pollock mm -hmm. um, was an abstract expressionist. Some pieces that Basquiat did were abstract expressionism, but there really is no genre for Jean-Michel. He was his own animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's just a little touching on the surface of what <laughs> abstract art is. It's much deeper than that. There's sculpture. There's photography. There's video art, which I always feel like every video art piece is abstract. Uh, but that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was uh, going to ask why. But <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit. Okay. But anyway, um, so Mariah, <laughs> back to your work. What, what are the themes and topics that are prevalent in your work? I play on emotion. Like, I'm heavily emotional. And I do not, I don't care to say it. Like, I am always in my feelings. Like, it's very hard to date me. <laughs> like, no, because I'm overtly emotional. Like I'm like, yeah. if it, and it's, do you know Isaiah? Do you know? Do you know Isaiah? Are you, do you Isaiah Sweeney? You know. Anyway, What's if you Sweeney? Sweeney, I think so. So listen. I've heard that name. Yeah. If y'all ever talk to him, ask him how emotional I am. That's your boyfriend, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yes. So it's. I've translated that into art. <laughs> I started off doing poetry. That's that's actually where my art started. Well, it started with the piano and then poetry. Yeah. And I've just always been like overly emotional. So I'm like, I'm the person that will tell you how I feel. It's like, if something hurts my feelings, I'm like, you know, they're really like, they really hurt my feelings. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being insecure in moments. I mean, I'm okay with things hurting my feelings. I'm okay with being sad. I'm okay with having moments of depression. I'm okay with being happy, mm -hmm. joyful. Like I'm okay with all aspects of emotion. Yeah. And I think that's where, that's how I became an abstract artist, honestly, because like, I, I think that everyone should have emotional intelligence and know how they feel. Like you shouldn't know how you feel. And yeah. my, like, my art helps me know how I feel. Does and that mean that you're a Drake fan? Yeah, in my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in that era right now. I, knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I am a Drake fan, but <laughs> look, I, I I'm in I get in my feelings. So yeah. that that's what my to for me to talk about my work is for me to be very vulnerable with everyone in my life. Yeah, you know, and I've I've like practiced it, and it took a very long time for me to get comfortable in where I am right now, and, and having that amount of that amount of vulnerability. Yeah, but I'm okay with it now. It, it shows in my art, and in in order to like, if you're a part of my life in in any aspect, and I create something, I was feeling a certain way about you at the moment. If I have a solo art show, and people ask me what this means, I'm gonna say, oh well. He pissed me off that day, <laughs> and for five days in a row. So I just <laughs> I stayed in my room or in my studio, and then I painted this. So it's it's 
I'm okay with my emotions, and that's where my art comes from. I talk to myself and I record myself talking while I'm, it's very weird, but I record myself talking kind of like a journal. Like my art kind of serves as a journal yeah. to know where I was in that time period. And um, it, it shows like people feel different things. And so my favorite thing is when people tell me what they felt, and people always do. And it's always something totally different than what I felt. Mm -hmm. And so that's what made me really fall in love with abstract art because I, I all I have to do is do it. Yeah. And then you're gonna take whatever energy you take from it. Yeah. You know, and so that's a beautiful thing. I had someone tell me that one of my paintings looked like the dimensions of heaven and I was like, Wow, that's not what I was thinking <laughs> at all. Um, at all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you felt that. You know, so it's yeah. it's the it's a beautiful thing when people can feel when they when when you evoke an emotion in someone off of color and just off of like lines and mm -hmm. shapes and yeah. you know we don't even realize how connected we are to lines yeah. mm -hmm. or how connected we are to shapes our, our color like we we really don't recognize it but it, teaching art you know that mm -hmm. we have emotional lines yeah. you know like lines are like lines What's that? have <laughs> like when when you create a line like you like draw a fast line mm -hmm. Or draw a sad line. Like, what? How would you draw a sad line? Like, what would you do? I would draw it low, like low on the canvas. So no. yours would be it would it would yours would refer more to its positioning or its composition as it relates to the entire ground mm -hmm. or paper or canvas or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But others might draw a loose kind of wavy line. Mm -hmm. Some might draw something that is more akin to a sad face, mm -hmm. okay. right? Like it's very subjective. Mm -hmm. It's all about you know the way that you think, right? Like somebody else might do a line that ascends, but I mean that descends, mm -hmm. but in a uh, in a geometrical way, mm -hmm. right? Almost like stairs, yeah. right? Because that's still a line. See, I was thinking put it so. at the bottom of the canvas because I would associate sad with being low. Yeah. And that's, that's your perception. And that's how you would perceive a piece of art, mm -hmm. like an art piece. So it's it's yeah. it's just it's perception and it's it's like it's like I said, it's using these lines and then using shapes. Like if you want to create something strong, like what's the strongest shape? Ooh. It depends on it depends on what you think, right? Because yeah. for me, my brothers and I, uh, my, I have a brother that's two years younger and a brother that's two years older. Our other siblings, there's a huge gap. Like mm -hmm. my my oldest brother is five years older than the brother that's right above me. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's always been us three, right? So we're the triangle, but we encompass yeah. we encompass everybody else in the family, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're the points mm -hmm. that keep us connected, right. but everybody else is inside that. So that's a strong shape, right? To Which me, right? a lot of people think of triangle when you think of strong shape because it, it relates to pyramids and. Mm -hmm. Or, you, the trinity. or the trinity, or the trinity, or the trinity. So yeah. you have you have all of these. You know, you have these things that we already relate to. Yeah. In life, like just like even color, like when you're feeling sad, you're feeling yeah, blue. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, like when you go to Target and it's everything is red. Red makes you buy more. Yeah. Like it's just you. It, purple was purple. That's why I always leave Target. Yeah, with that, it. Okay. That's why it's purple it's, is common. Purple, light greens, purple. things like that. Cool colors tend to be calming, right? Mm -hmm. Yellows like bright yellows, bright greens, things like that, that's energetic, that gives you yeah. energy. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, color theory is heavy and yeah, abstract, it's abstract art. art. So you know, you take it's a play on how you even want your your the person to feel because mm -hmm. if I want you to feel highly highly energetic, then I'm gonna use those warm colors. Yeah. If I want you to feel calm or maybe sad or like maybe peaceful or whatever, I'm gonna use cool colors. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 a lot that pe yeah. people think that a lot of people think oh I could do that like with abstract art, mm -hmm. but it's a lot of like actually like understanding color theory. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, you can, but you have to find your own mode your of own mode, doing yeah. that, right? Like, right. you can't be like, oh, well, they did that. I could do exactly that. You could, but then that shit would be derivative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the worst things you can be called as an artist is derivative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, you know, it's, just, it's, you know, it's just a, it's. It, I, I just I love abstract art. And I paint with a knife. I paint with a palette knife. I was just about to ask you: Is there a tool that you prefer, or yeah. medium that you prefer? Yeah, I, I paint uh, um, acrylic. I'm not using oil. It takes too long to dry. And I paint with a palette knife that's about like that big, okay. like super small. Okay. And so it's I just it's a process. For those of you that don't, know. I was just about to oh, ask how small a palette knife. Oh, how a palette knife is a tool that is used for. Applying color. It looks yes. like a scraper. It looks like if your mother or your grandmother still has a proper set of silverware, mm -hmm. it's that little butter thing that's kind of sloped down and then straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a palette knife. It's used to um, put paint onto an actual palette, mm -hmm. palette knife, but then it's also used for mixing. It's also used for an oil paint or, well, with oil or acrylic for mixing additives into the paint to either mm -hmm. make it uh, dry faster or thicker, dry slower, things like that. Um, a palette knife is actually a very, very useful tool. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, I just happen to use it for everything. <laughs> yeah, and you can paint with a palette knife. It, it, a long history of people painting with palette knives and actual knives too, but you know. Actual knives, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, so what piece would you say you are most proud of? Okay. Your personal piece. My personal piece. Um, I did I did this piece, it's, it's in, hanging in my living room right now. It's, it's this black and white piece. Um, oh man, it's, I'm really proud of it because I really hated the idea of painting in black and white. I hated the idea until I got a commission. I got a commission to do uh, three black and white pieces for this one guy, and I was, and I had to kind of figure out how I had to, how I was going to do it the right way, or to make it like look aesthetically pleasing. And after I did that, I'm like, damn, I like this. So I did a bigger one, and I, so when you paint with a palette, the way that I paint in the process that I'm painting, I can't explain it, but without showing, so it's hard for the podcast. But with with the with the palette knife, I basically just. I go in a certain pattern over and over and over and over again for the style that I'm, for the era of, that I'm in right now. And um, it takes like a good 72 hours to do like a 36 by 36 painting. Because it's just such a, such a process. And, um, but this one in particular, it took me a lot longer than that. Like whatever 72 times two is, that's how long. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an artist, not a mathematician. But whatever that. <laughs> it's 144 for anyone wondering. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would have. I didn't know. I didn't Thank even you, try. Thank you. Thank you, we appreciate that. Gotcha. So it took me 144 hours, obviously. I was <laughs> to, legit trying to do the math. <laughs> I don't even try with math. <laughs> I don't try. But yeah, so it's that one because I took um, I took a lot of time, and then it derived from the the um, 
the project that I said I was working with Tammy on, mm -hmm. um, of showing that project was actually political, and I actually painted people on that project. And so that one is the story of being a black man in America. And so that's, you guys will see that at one point, hopefully, if I ever finish it. But it derived from that. And so it, it had a definitely, it definitely, it was emotional, but it was also political. And I took a lot of time to do it. So it's my favorite piece. Okay. So uh, when you're creating, how do you know when and artwork is complete. Oh, it's, not, it's never, it's not, you just gotta sell it. <laughs> <laughs> this, <It's> not. <laughs> I, I have to agree with that. Like the, the crux of overworking is real. Mm -hmm. If you keep a piece in front of you for too long, you will overwork it mm -hmm. and it'll become some shit that you don't like. Yep. And you'll either, <laughs> you'll either gesso over it. Yeah. <laughs> There's an artist I follow, I believe her name is Rihanna James. Brianna, yeah, she's out of Houston. Yeah, she's out of Houston, and one day she posted, she was like, if someone doesn't buy this in the next 24 hours, I'm painting over it, and I was like, oh my God, why would you do it? Because I thought, it, and I was like, oh, I guess art supplies can be expensive. If you have something just sitting there and you want to create, and this isn't going, I can't imagine painting over something. I've painted over mad paintings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, to an artist, the, the work is everything and nothing all at the same time, and it depends on what mood we're in. Like, <laughs> you know, you could look at something and, you know, you just feel like you finished the piece and it's sitting there and you're like, yo, I kind of dig this shit. You leave the room, go get something to eat, come back. Hate it. Like, I hate this shit. <laughs> what? And then you leave the room, oh, you come man. back, you like, all right, it's okay. I'll let that shit live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And then somebody come over and be like, yo. That shit is amazing. Oh and my like, god! Man, I fucking hate that shit. Yo, like, <laughs> and then, and they think that you're just being yeah. like modest or like whatever, but it's just like, no, no, no I really hate this yeah. shit. Like, no, like the last piece I did, the the last piece I did, I, I don't want to say I hate it because I sold it to this. It was a commission. So that's another thing. Like, I really don't like. Let me not say that either. So I'm not gonna say I don't like to do commissions because I need them. It's a love-hate relationship. It's a love-hate relationship. Because yeah. you're like, yo, I need this artistic license to do what the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. But you want a goddamn bunny in the corner. Oh man. Like, yeah, you <laughs> know, like, <laughs> last, I hated this last, and everyone that came over, they were like, damn, that's dope. And I was like, for real? Like, I tried my very best to see it. Yeah. I couldn't see it. I still don't see it. I mean, you just gotta let that shit be, though. I just, I just gotta let that shit, that shit be. be. They gotta let that shit be. Yeah. They bought it. <laughs> True story. True story. Um, I feel like an asshole because I'm asking all the Raquel's questions. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, an, I'm sitting here enjoying it. I know we do have to wrap some. Okay. Uh, Got what? Two more questions, and then we'll yes. do a quick rapid fire. Ah, yes. Okay, so my, my question to you as a gallerist is mm -hmm. what advice? do you have for artists who their goal is to I want my work displayed in a gallery I want to do, get there do good work yeah. you know so many people I get so many submissions of I don't want to say bad work but yeah bad work like you just do good work like you have to make sure that your work is on a certain type of canvas like a gallery wrapped canvas like know the rules know the rules of a gallery visit galleries and see what they show like what do they show you don't want to, I, I typically, I really do not like working with a piece that, that is not gallery wrapped because it doesn't have any presence. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you just have to know. Question. 
I have an I have an idea of what Gallery Wrapped is, but uh -huh. could you? Tell oh yeah, me yeah. It is? So, so Gallery Wrapped is like um, it's a thicker canvas to just make it clear. It's just a thicker canvas. So when you see the the thinner canvases like on the side where it's like thinner, mm -hmm. am I making sense? Mm -hmm. what, do you you just want it to be like the thicker canvas, not too thick, but yeah. I think it's about two inches if two I'm inches. not yeah, okay. or an inch and a half. Or so no canvas board. Yeah, no, no, like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, it just, okay, every gallery is different. Yeah. All right, so let me just say that some galleries will take certain things, but what I typically like to take is like museum standard. I will break those rules for a lot of, for, for something that I feel like is just hella dope. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I like, I like work that has a presence in the room. And yeah. to me, thinner canvases don't have presence in the room. When I say presence, like you want it to have like a 3D feel. You want it to come off the wall. Okay. So when it's sitting on the wall too much and it's not, it, and you just want to have good, you want to do good work. Like you want to, uh, someone that's a, a gallerist, like maybe to the public, they don't realize like if you're using good paint or not, but the gallerist does. Mm -hmm. You know, like I know if you're using good paint and you, you want to have faith in that if you sell that piece, it's gonna last, okay. you know? So do good work, study what good work is. Well, so would you do, and I mean, maybe I'm asking for my own benefit, but I'm like, I'm working now on watercolor paper mm -hmm. um, and doing frames. Oh yeah, that's totally different. Yeah, yeah that's totally yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And just display it the right, like yeah. display it in, in a beautiful way. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely, just, absolutely. And, that, and yeah. that's the key. You just wanna, you, you want it to look good on walls. And, and that's another yeah. thing. Test how your work looks on a wall, on a white wall. Test how your work looks on a white wall because everything doesn't look the same just leaning up against the wall as it does actually attached to the wall. Like it, it has a different presence in a room when it's attached to a wall. So you wanna try your work out and see what it looks like in different settings. Mm -hmm. And just make sure it's, it's presentable. Like make sure it's something that the galleries that you visited, it aligns with their style, number one. Mm -hmm. And that it aligns with how they're showing their work. My other question is for the person like me who my my goals for like oh I can say I made it is when I can say oh I have an art collection mm -hmm. and the way I cope with not being able to buy five and ten thousand dollar pieces is I buy prints. Mm -hmm. um, it's my like oh if they have a print of it I'll get it mm -hmm. put it in a nice frame so I feel special. She bought one of my prints. I did buy one of his <laughs> prints and I was so I was super happy. Um, Mark was that was the first what I was like, ooh, I'm buying art, because I spent more, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you know, pay your friends. I will say that, pay your friends. If yeah. you have friends that are artists, don't ask for free work. Don't ask for free nothing. Don't ask me for nothing free to be my friend. In full disclosure, I did ask Mark for it for free, and he was like, nah, you gotta pay me, and I respected that, yeah. and I paid for his art. So Facts, learn man. from Supplies me, don't, don't ask your friends for free art. Let them give you free art. I, I have, mean, I have yeah. free art that friends have given me. But it was, a, it, was a, it was a friend ass price though. Yeah. Like, I ain't oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, right. Like I don't I, give my friends a friend I, price. I know I got the homie discount, <laughs> yeah. but it was one of those, it felt. Everybody I, got to Everybody got feel like they got something, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. But, it, but it was special to me it because it was one of those like, okay, I bought, this is the most expensive. And today it's still the most expensive print that I bought, <laughs> but, it, but it, I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's gonna start. Yeah. Like I'm mm -hmm. putting this money towards something that I value, which is artwork. Mm -hmm. So when I wanna get to, like I'm an art collector now, mm -hmm. where do I start? I know so I even, kind of asked earlier, but like, you wanna save up? I, I just wanna say Raquel's my only collector outside of my mama. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna change that. 
<laughs> we gonna change it. <laughs> that, let's do that. <laughs> no, but so prints are a good place to start. Like especially if you're dealing with prints that are numbered. Mm-hmm. Prints aren't always bad. Like so, you know, like like it's it's not always not an investment. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have prints that are still an investment. Like you have like a Picasso piece that's not the original, but it's a print of five. Mm-hmm. You know, like so prints. You still have good prints. Yeah. Um, so you can start like starting with prints. That's good. Yeah. What's the type of print? The one that I have of the New Orleans one, where it's the print the artist said you can run prints off of this one. What's that called? Uh, it's just a print. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, so you want typically a limited edition print. Mm-hmm. Is is better. A yeah, print that's what I mean good. when I say number. Yeah. yeah, a print is good, but limited edition runs are better yeah where the artist says i'm only making you know x amount now it's an interesting thing because as artists start to gain popularity they make less prints Mm -hmm. right so (laughs) i know (laughs) so some will do a run of 250 Mm -hmm. you know when their pieces are selling for you know 100 or 200 dollars right i'm gonna sell these 250 prints for 50 dollars a pop yo that's still a good chunk of change mm-hmm. if you can get through that 250, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but as the work starts to appreciate in value, you might see that 250 go to 100, and then to 50, and then, and then yeah, 25, and then if they really doing it, you might get five. You might. Yeah. <laughs> you might. <laughs> what, you know I, what I've but, learned as a, a novice art collector is not all prints are created the same. No, okay. they're not. Oh, and, not at all. And that is when I started valuing getting yeah. high quality prints mm-hmm. was I got one that the you could tell the ink was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And so it made yeah. the, I was like, damn, I spent money on that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. I mean, you get, you get G clay prints. And yeah. All these different things, and it's it's a matter. That's of how, how you pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of how archival. I'm not gonna tell you what I was calling it. it g- g- giggly. giggly. <laughs> Y'all saw Mary Judgment Guess or no? No, no. See, we were the rhythm studio people. This is, to, this is supposed to be it's an community. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny though. Yeah. You know, it's but like the person that says Chameleon instead of chameleon. It's funny. <laughs> okay, you know what? I got that from How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh, it's such a great show. Great show. But thank you for telling me that's how you. I never said it aloud because I was like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And it didn't feel like something I could ask an artist. Like, how do you pronounce that? Knowledge gaps. But that's why this show exists. But that is why this show exists. Ask me this, this shit. This is a safe space. Yeah. Which is why I asked. Like, yeah. You know, we laughed about it, but it wasn't like, ha, you dumb yeah, I didn't, shit. I didn't feel it shame. It was more like, yo, that's kind of funny. Like, yeah. geekly. Like, but that's what Gickly. it looks like. Yeah. G-I-C-L-E-E. Geekly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you, you don't always pronounce G with a G. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know. Whatever. I learned something new. It's a that's French what, word. That's what this is for. It's a French word. French that shit up. Get some yeah. mucus in your throat. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, all prints are not the new, same. Uh, new mic. Yeah, that's a fact. All prints aren't the same. You gotta get a for good sure. print. So where, do, so where would I start? That's what we were asking. Like, not, oh, I've gotten the, okay, buy prints, and mm-hmm. not all prints are created the same. When I'm ready to make the next step. Oh, of, like not, of, of it not being a print? Mm-hmm. Oh, it just it depends on what artist you want to start with. You know, it also depends on what your purpose of collecting art is. Is it for joy? Is it for, you know, what? Why are we collecting art? Yeah. I like pretty things, okay. but also I want them to be investment pieces. Like if I'm going to drop significant money, I want to, I want them to be with me and be things that I can. Oh, pass and on. then you gotta just make smart decisions mm-hmm. on, on the pieces yeah. you buy. Like you, you just, it's just like, like I said earlier, it's just like stock. Like you, you just have to make 
a smart, you have to do research and just try to make a smart decision on the works that you, um, that you're collecting. So is it better to engage the artist or to go find an art gallery that'll help you? Uh, like if, you, do you if it's for monetary, in a company or an investment firm, like which do you? Well, if it's for monetary gain, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like talk to the artist about it because it, we already, we're going we're gonna to sell the piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to sell the piece. But you kind of want to talk to like an art consultant. Okay. I'm not, like, I'm not an art consultant okay. necessarily. Like, so, yeah, you want to talk to an art consultant that can, or an art um, appreciator. Maybe you can get art appreciated. So, how am I using the right word? You can get, am I using the right word? Appraised. Appraised, there we go. Appraisal. You can get, you can get art appraised. So, you talk Ooh. to you can talk to an art appraiser. How does the value of black art play into art appraisal? I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but it's to say it, uh, I got you. It's like she said, the black experience <laughs> yeah. is in art. In the art world, is a black experience. Mm -hmm. The valuation of black is the same as it is in the rest of the fucking world. Do you feel <laughs> as an artist where you might hesitate to value your stuff higher because you feel people won't buy it because no. you don't? Fucking dope. Yeah, you got. You can't. <laughs> you still gotta. You have to. You have to create from their vulnerable, from their vulnerable space. But then you have people like me that say, "I'm about to switch over to abstract art," and I'm. That's really like some bullshit that I'm like. It's like as an artist, I'm looking at me as that's some bullshit, Mariah. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm looking at myself like that's really some bullshit. But I'm also looking at this business as no, it's not some bullshit because we got to make money in order for me to not be a bullshitter in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. So. Art so, appraisers. Art appraisers. Yeah. Should you visit galleries? I, so yeah. I will tell you, and this is in the vein of being transparent, I did not know art galleries were set up to buy art. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, it's just, they just house art. Yeah. And that's cool, but I didn't, I didn't know the purpose until we started putting this together was mm -hmm. for artists to have their work seen in hopes of it being bought. Yeah, it's, it's because of the conversation that art should be shown, mm -hmm. art should be shared. Okay. So, you know, that's... That's a that's a conversation that's very like highly shared with everyone. Like, oh, art should be shared, not so like that's stupid. It should be shared, but I still gotta eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Like so. It's, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Visit galleries. Um, definitely like talk to an art appraiser, and definitely like do your research. Okay. Like definitely do your research. You can do a lot of research on Instagram these days. Yeah. You know. I mean, there there is definitely that formal approach. At the same time, though. Sometimes it's just a gamble. Yeah, sometimes like, it's just a gamble. It's okay to buy something that you like. Yeah. Because facts. you like it. Like, yeah. It's okay yeah. to be like, y'all like that shit. Mm -hmm. and you I buy don't know it. nothing about this artist. I don't know nothing about the work, but I like it. Mm -hmm. It's an original. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. going to do it. You know, because that artist may become famous. And if mm -hmm. they don't, who cares? You liked it. You liked it. We, my wife and I say this all the time, to justify spending money on something that we actually want mm -hmm. or need. We waste money on bullshit all the time, mm -hmm. right? Like, I could easily spend two hundred dollars eating outside the house, and I can cook. Raquel, you know, I can cook. You can cook. I can cook. Mark can cook. I can cook. <laughs> you know if they didn't stay so far, I would be there. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's also just like buying a bottle at the club instead mm -hmm. of going to the damn liquor store, mm -hmm. right? No, that is a completely different thing. Like a fifty dollars? <laughs> no, but think about it. Like, you know, it's it's it's. It's a, art's a luxury. Yeah, it's a luxury. It's also an experience, yeah. right? Like, you buy a bottle at the club because you want to have a good time with mm -hmm. your people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it, okay, that's drinking a, that's at the a house fair. is a little bit different, that's right? A fair so whereas that bottle of Goose might be $50. I don't drink those, but whatever. 
a bottle of Goose is fifty dollars <laughs> at the liquor store, but in the club it could cost you as much as four hundred dollars mm-hmm. just to have a drink with your. So you can drink, yeah. Okay, you know what I'm That's saying, like. <laughs> so it's the same thing, right? Like spend that money. If, so the if value you, I place on art plays an important role on what I'm. Willing yeah, to invest yeah. In. I mean, yeah, we, we can't take ourselves out of the equation. We have to include ourselves in the conversation, right? Yeah. Like I, like there are people that buy expensive works of art because they know they're going to be worth something. Or you can just buy what you love. <laughs> you know, you can just buy what you yeah. love and stay, but stay in your price point. If yeah. You know, you can't afford a ten thousand dollar piece of work. Mm-hmm. Go look for something else. And that's why you gotta make the decision. Like, why am I am I purchasing this because I really like it, or am I purchasing it for investment reasons? Yeah. Like, that's why you, that's the decision you have to make. Like, I really like this shit, so I'm yeah. gonna buy it. Like, that's it's, you know, it's people buy my work because they like it. I'm glad they're not buying my work off of some investment. You know, <laughs> no, I'm just you know, but no, seriously yeah. though, There's you know, a time so value thing too, though. Yeah. like it appreciates over time. Mm-hmm. So if you're not gonna make rent or mortgage. Or a car payment after buying this piece of work, say, man, you might need to relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or ask the artist if, you know, sure, if it was at a store, it'd be called layaway, but ask an artist if you can work something out. And usually they, you can do, correct me if I'm wrong, but it does happen sometimes in the gallery world. And as long as there's a solid contract in place. Yeah, payment. Yeah, 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 yeah I do that. I do. You know, then it works. You know what I'm saying? You might not get that piece at your house. Yeah. Until you paid everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's if, yours. Yeah. If you're, if, but if you're an avid collector who's gone to this gallery several times and they mm-hmm. know you're good for it, you might get that credit to walk out with that. Tech. Here's a trick I'll give to it. artists, though. This is a trick that has worked for me several times. If you trust this person. Now you gotta really trust this person. Let them take it home. That's if, that emotional selling. What? If they come <laughs> if they come to your studio and they're like, Man, I really like this, I just don't have the money for it. Oh, just take it home. And see if you like it. Keep it for a week. They're gonna buy it. Take that. <laughs> Take that and run with it. <laughs> they'll bring you they'll bring you twenty five percent and say, Hey man, I really love this piece. Yep. I wanna keep yep. it. <laughs> Yo, trust me. Say you gotta trust them. You gotta, you, you have gotta, to trust. Cause ain't no returns, man. Ain't no return. Cause if you could bring me the piece back, I'm not giving you that money back. Mm-hmm. That was a deposit. You paid for that experience you had while that, you had that work. That was a trust payment. Yeah. <laughs> you paid for my trust. Yeah. So this brings the formal part of our discussion to a close. But we have some rapid fire questions. You want to go first? Well, she already told me, but. You told me your favorite. You stand for Beyonce, and you know, welcome, yeah. uh, fellow stand. <laughs> it's good to be in the presence of a fellow oh, stand. Oh yeah, you know. Um, so, what's your favorite Beyonce album? Four. You that's yours too? Oh, you? Man, you not a Beyonce fan, and Four not your favorite, cause she did her th- like everything else was for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, 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 the listen. The stand listen. jumped out. <laughs> and it came out. I'm. I'm I'm emotional about Beyonce. Um, like that's my sister. She that's my met best her. Friend. I oh met. I did. I did. I did. I did. My whole family has met Beyonce. That's cool. Like oh we are a Beyonce family. That's nice. Yeah, we didn't all meet her together. I mean, that's, that's nice for you. I don't. I, for me, I, <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. She seemed nice, you know. I mean, but it's like, uh, like you know what? You know what gets me going sometimes? I got. I have on a God shirt right now. So I, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But listen. 
Beyonce sometimes be getting me going. Like I'm like, damn. That bitch work hard. <laughs> she, she inspires me to work hard. She inspires me to work hard, especially after you leave a concert. I, if she, I will not, I will not miss a, a show. And and if she does two, I'm going to both of them because it, it's it's like a it's like an adrenaline. It's like damn, like I gotta go harder. I gotta go harder. No, it's real. I know you're laughing, but the first time I saw Beyonce in concert was the last tour. And I went with Mark's wife, and it was at NRG. Mm-hmm. I walked home in heels because I was like, <laughs> "What? I don't want to wait for an Uber. I can, I can make this you can track. do anything." I walk. What would Beyonce like, do? Like, Beyonce wouldn't have walked home. <laughs> no, she, I mean, because she's Beyonce. But I walk, I walk two miles in high heels, and I would never do that. I don't like walking to the corner in high heels. Yeah. But, I, but she the, gives the, you this the sense energy. Of I was like, I can do this. <laughs> then I didn't break a sweat. Yeah. Renee was like, "Are you sure?" Do you? I was like, "I'm not walking barefoot. I'm gonna make this walk home." That's hilarious. And it's just watching it. I can go on all about that. Yeah. yeah, but it's just it's just watching her on stage and then watching her performance. Like, what I think about, I don't think about just that moment. When I'm watching it, I'm like, I think about the work. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, goddamn, like, how much work is this taking? And is she a yeah. boss? Like, she's a boss. No, that's good. That's she's a boss. Why are we talking about Beyonce? I don't even know at this because point. Because I asked you what your favorite. Oh, okay. The rapid no, fire four. question. Or, you know, I think about I think about hustle in terms of like all the things that I want to do, and I think about Kevin Hart actually. Really, I, I should do with art. Kevin Hart be working his little ass off. He does. Also, comedy he does. not an art. Comedy is comedy is not, not a art. visual artist. <laughs> okay. Every, everything is an art. <laughs> everything is an art. I think everybody should approach everything as though it's an art. There's nuances to it. Yeah. Right. You should like, approach everything as as if it's a discipline. Yeah. You Honestly. can be creative, and it has nuances. Yeah. It's an art. My wife's an attorney. There's nuances, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> there's a way to get people to talk and tell you everything. And she's really good know. at that. <laughs> no, she's not. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even like her. I'm just playing through. I bite you, uh, Anyway, uh, so who is your favorite visual artist? My favorite visual artist? Oh, uh, man, my favorite visual artist is Michelangelo. I'm going really? all the way back. I'm going all the way back. Really? I'm going all the way back to him because he was a great. Like, he was just a great. And he... He didn't even like painting. And that's the crazy thing to me. Like, did you know that? No, I didn't know that. He didn't but even... I know he was dope as hell and did much more than just painting. Yeah. Like, him and Leonardo. Oh, all, yeah. All the Le- Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Leonardo, Leonardo, Leonardo also because he... Okay, Leonardo also because... And I put them, I'll put them on the same because he studied everything. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. he studied it. He encompassed the idea that art is every like art is relative. Like art is art is everything. Like you can he was a mathematician, but because he was a mathematician, he was such a good artist. Yeah. You know, like so I I just like artists that can encompass the idea that art is in art is everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I know it's cliche to say like Leonardo I mean Da Vinci and uh Michelangelo, but actually I've never I've never heard a black person name those as their favorite. Yeah, I know it's weird. I know, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, yeah. I, I like Kara Walker too. She's I like her. No, I like her a lot, and she, the same. Like you know, but she mm-hmm. takes black experience and she puts it in such a simple form, yeah. like in something that we're all used to a silhouette. Yeah, you know, like we're all used to silhouette. We all know what a silhouette is, and she does that. And she tells, she does it. It's so crazy because she's just telling that she tells a story. Paper like. You know, like she really tells a story. You have yeah. to follow it, like like you're reading, like yeah. you're reading a book. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, she's good. She's dope. Yeah. Don't worry, everyone. We'll talk about visual literacy. But yes, this is that's when visual literacy is very important. Yeah. Very well, who's important. yours? Mine, man. 
even though my work looks nothing like his, Basquiat, super dope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was introduced to Kerry James Marshall mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago by my brother. And since seeing his work, bruh. Yeah, he's a beast. <laughs> Yo, Kerry James Marshall is amazing. Kerry mm-hmm. James Marshall, it, like his work is, it, it, it is that, that black dynamism. Mm-hmm. Right, like everything that we are, right? Like there's a sweetness to his work. Mm-hmm. There's a strength to his work. Mm-hmm. There's in- intimidating images in yeah. his work. There's sex in some of his work, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's everything. Pre- like there's innocence. Mm-hmm. Like his barbershop scene and his beauty salon scene. Oh my god, like those are amazing. He's he does like a very good job of putting a lot into a painting and making it look yes. very. Like well, it. they're complete scenes. Yeah. They're complete scenes. And they're complete thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you see everything there. So it's obviously, no pun intended, but it's the complete picture painted for you there. Right? Mm-hmm. Everything is there. But then, the things that you would think about. So, for example, the beauty salon image of his, like, there's a little boy in the shop. I think there's a little girl in the shop. There are all these women sitting around. I think there's a man in the corner. Like, there's there's all these different things going on, and it's everything that you know being in the beauty shop to be. Right. 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 So you don't even like, and it has a beautiful way of not only showing you all that, but also making you think of everything that you've experienced in those situations. Right. He's well. telling he's telling a story. He's evoking real, actual emotions. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. Raquel, yes. who's your favorite visual artist? <laughs> this is going to be a very weird answer. I'm also very terrible with names. So I tell Mark, it's like, I see art, I'm like, oh, I love it. And if you ask me who did it, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> but my favorite visual artist is Louise Winterford Blackwell. And you probably don't know who she is, but she is my great-grandmother, Louise. who I've oh, never I gonna, met. I'm like, Louise. I'm, yes, okay. never. I've never met her. Wow. She was an artist in Southeast D.C. back when D.C. was black affluent area mm-hmm. um, from the stories I've heard she her art showed she toured most of America with her art mm-hmm. and wow. there's only two surviving pieces that we know my grandmother had them and she had, it's a painting called Madonna of the Cottonville and I remember being like three oh, or four that yeah. sounds dope yeah. <laughs> right. I send you a picture of it that sounds yeah. dope. but I remember I have a very distinct memory of seeing this picture this painting it fell off the wall because my cousin was doing some bullshit but I was like, oh my God. And I remember sitting there in front of the painting because I didn't want anything to break it. And that's when my grandmother told me, I was like, oh, your you know, grandma's mom made this. And then that's when I remember falling in love with like, oh shit, art's dope. And so yeah. the two works, there's a work that was recently found like a year ago in someone's garage. And they were like, oh, it's your great grandmother's. So I say mm-hmm. her because I remember her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and But also it's it's kind of where I, it's the memory that I have attached to when I was like, oh shit, I really like art. Yeah, it's like and that so, first moment. And I've never met her, never. She passed away before I was born. Right. Um, but it's one of those things that's like I always feel connected to art. I tell people, I don't yeah. think I can paint, but I, I like to say that I'm creative. You can. If, if you, you give can me a paintbrush, paint. I paint and I'm happy with that shit. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what technique this is, but it makes me feel good and I like it. This painting is, is definitely a skill. This is for Raquel and everybody else out there. You can create art too with whatever medium you want to use because if you understand what a circle is, mm-hmm. what a square is, mm-hmm. what a triangle is, 
you don't even have to know what the hell a parallelogram is. I can teach you that. That's fine. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, just basic things. Mm -hmm. If you know what those shapes are, everything is comprised of those shapes. Yeah. Everything is comprised of those shapes. Yeah. You just have to follow the, the uh, process <laughs> of everything is relative. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, you know, I have students all the time who are like, I, that's so ugly, mister. I don't, no, I'm going to throw it away. Don't throw it away. I like it. The kids call you mister? Yeah. What's up with the kids not saying names? Yeah. Listen. They usually just call me Miss. I don't know. <laughs> All um, of my teacher friends have been like, I get called Miss like a thousand times a day. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. They lazy mouthed because I'm like, it's 180 of y'all. I gotta remember. Right. It's one of me. Right. All your teachers combined is seven teachers. You gotta know. And you call. And you it. can't say my damn name. Right. I stopped know? answering. It's gotta be that you're lazy. <laughs> like yeah. you, you not forgetting my name. Mm -hmm. You not forgetting my name. I'm the only person on this campus that look like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, you know, the other black dude on campus, he 6'5", another one 5'2", another one 5'4". Duh, I'm 5'10". That, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of a difference to where yeah. you can tell who we are. There's a big one, there's a medium one, there's a small one, then there's a tiny one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, he's going to hear you. He's going to say, here, you called like him the, tiny. The and he's going to know it was him. He's like, man, you're going to have to call me out like that. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Who's up? Well, our rapid fire wasn't exactly that rapid. Did you have any more questions? I did not. Well, I mean, we have, but I feel like we've gotten to the. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. We're good. We're good. So, Mariah, we want to thank you. We really, 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 really appreciate this. Definitely oh, enjoyed sure. talking to you. I don't know if y'all two realize this. I realize this, uh, but we've been talking for an hour and 53 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, wow. I looked at the time early. I was like, but yeah, this is a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. I haven't even looked at the time. It's been a while. It's been a while. It didn't feel right cutting into it. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and hey, uh, internet world, y'all got to deal with this two hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not, it might not be the Kanye interview. I know y'all yeah. didn't want to watch that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, while we have you, tell us where the listeners can find you, Mariah the Artist, as well as your art gallery. Okay, you guys can follow me on Instagram at, at MosoFrioArt. Don't ask me why the name is MosoFrio. It's been around since college. <laughs> I just kind of kept like, it. Sounds, sounds like a rap moniker. <laughs> MosoFrio. Moso MosoFrio. So it's Mo. My name is Mariah. So Frio is cold. It's Spanish because I didn't know how to say icy. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I guess I'm an artist now, so I need to put art at the end of that. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so that's my Instagram. The District Art Gallery Instagram is at District Art G. And if you guys subscribe to our website, which is www.districtartgalleries.com, you'll find out about all of our events, which we have a lot. One is tomorrow, which you guys are not going to miss because you're probably not going to hear this yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll be here. I'll be sure to tell you all. But if I'm not mistaken, you're doing those regularly yeah, on yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah. Regularly correct? on Wednesdays, yeah. So, so um, You will I, make one, but not the one that's tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow <laughs> could be a month from now. Whatever, man. I'll tell you about it in our next yeah, year. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a cool event, though. It should be a cool event. It's um, Hopefully, it's a cool event. <laughs> we're just now we're just now starting, but what we're doing is bringing different industries into the arts, and like for instance, tomorrow is culinary art and talk. So we're bringing uh, chefs into the art world and having them host their own networking events in the art world just nice. to introduce nice. people to the art. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, we gonna me and Mariah gonna talk a lot because <laughs> I see that a lot of her ideas are very close to my ideas. So we are gonna be friends. Um, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but 
again, I, myself, Mark, and Raquel. Raquel. Raquel, we appreciate I appreciate you. you. And we appreciate anybody that's out there listening. Uh, we even appreciate you if you don't listen, because that just means we got to work harder, um, like Beyonce, yeah. apparently. Anyway, Facts. so that's the show. Explanatory <laughs> Combo Podcast. Peace. Thank you. Oh, I feel like.